we go. Yo, what's up, everybody? We are live. Welcome to Xbox Ultimate Podcast, episode number 107. 107. You know what? In 10 episodes, it'll be a special episode because we'll be episode 117. And if you're a Halo fan, that means a lot to you like we are. But uh, except for Pong Soul, this casual Halo fan. Um, but hey, what's up, everybody? Chat, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, I accidentally hit the button extra early uh, today. So, you know, thanks for the guys... Uh, and uh, ladies here piling in at like early for the show. You know, we get, we're starting off with 33 people, which is actually a lot for us for the start of a, the start of a show here. So appreciate every single person here ready to get started with some fun and uh, shout out to some of the amazing people in the chat. I see my lovely wife, Caitlin hanging out in the chat. She's skipping the show today. She said she's got better things to do. Yeah, I understand. It's okay. What's up, babe? Uh, we got fast back in the chat. What's up? RSJ fans. What's up? Talos Ray razor in Z. How you doing? Ellis Murderman Foster, Dova 360, what's up? What's up? Um, <laughs> Miguel Rosales Portillo, hello, how are you doing? Uh, Phasma, how are you, Spider Man? What up? Focus Active, Leonard Herrera, how's it going? Alvin, what's up, dude? How's it going with you? Uh, Mind for Hire, how, how are you? Uh, man, whew, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Uh, Ma'am, reason- I, threw, I threw the article in the DMs, by the way. No, okay. I threw it in the DMs. The reason oh. I laughed is because I was I put it in there and immediately after you. <laughs> well, I was just going through searching for it. So, all right, cool. We're both on the same page. Appreciate it. Um, which, which one? The uh, Satya article? No, the Splinter. The Splinter Cell? Okay. Yeah, the VGC yeah, article that quotes it. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, intros. Hey, I'm not Pong Soul, the now newly... Uh, crowned king of intros <laughs> obviously right which that, i have to admit that was an epic intro yesterday and uh, lots of conversation about that on twitter right now uh that he gave to jez on pm and the pm last night uh but we'll start with the intros with the one and only encyclopedia of gaming dating back to the very first game ever created pong soul what's up pong yo it is friday i am here and listen battlefield first forever uh that's who i am battlefield's in a good state right now but call of duty yeah. This beta is anything to go by is back. Infinity Ward is raising the bar yet again with this one. Um, this is absolutely incredible. But I've been having a great time with the beta. You, me, Jasper, everybody's been playing on it. And I got to say, I am so freaking impressed with this beta so far. And I'm having an absolute blast on it. So it's been a good week. I have been working from home again. Um, got to do uh, an afternoon show with you, Mav, yesterday yeah. with uh, Jez, which was awesome uh, to be able to do that and make a special time for him. So, yeah, it's been a great freaking week. Got a lot going on, but gotten a lot of gaming in as well on top of everything else. So uh, we got a lot to talk about, though. And uh, let's get down to business, man. Yeah, dude, 100%, man. Uh, that was a fun show yesterday. Uh, you know, We kept it two hours for Jez, right? Then I had to go work after the sh- right after the show. Um, and then I yeah, just, I want to keep going. And also Mav's like, well, no, cause we didn't even talk about it <laughs> I know, yeah. beforehand. So I had no idea they had to go back to work. So I was just going to let Jez go. We were going to continue with topics. And yeah. I was like, yeah, no, no, I, let's get out of here. I, got it. I, I, I wanted to keep going as well. I would have loved to go for four hours. We had more to talk. We had yeah, more to talk about a lot because some of the yeah. stuff we wanted to get into yesterday. We're going to get into uh, tonight yeah. for sure. Um, Hey, the always fuzzy one himself, the smooth voiced man. Fuzzy Belvedere. What's up, Fuzz? What's up, everyone? Uh, glad to be here. Man, just an awesome week of news, and you guys killed it yesterday with having Jez as a guest yesterday. So, awesome show yesterday, Thanks. guys. But, um, man, the topics for today, can't wait to dive into those. 
glad to be here with you guys and everybody in the chat. So let's get to it. Like, yeah, man. Um, we're gonna have a lot of fun. This is gonna be a hype show, I think. Uh, then we have the Lord Master himself, Lord Jasper. What's up, Jasper? How's it going, dude? Uh, it's going all right. Just playing hard space ship breakers. Uh, so we're amazing now and then. game. <laughs> Isn't yeah, it, Jasper? Then, you like yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fun. Uh, it takes a minute to like when I first played it, like the controls and the orientation in right. space. It takes a second to get used to. So, like, but they actually become pretty intuitive, don't yeah. they? After you play yeah. with it for a while, yeah. So you're every like, now and then, like dismantling every, a ship. Is that kind of what yeah. you do, right? Yeah. Every now and then, like if you go inside the ship and like kind of start tearing things out from the inside, and then you come back out, you can get a little disoriented again. But yeah. Yeah, or if you're chasing a floating piece somewhere, and all of a sudden yeah. you're upside down, and you don't know where anything's at. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's it's hectic sometimes, but it's fun as hell. I love yeah. that game. Wow. And then uh, obviously the Call of Duty beta, just playing that with you guys last night. Uh, get the MP5; it's the best gun in the game right now. I really wanted to play before the show. I was thinking <laughs> I was going to be able to, and I just it, it was one of those. I was out working, and it's one of those things where you think it's going to take like an hour and a half to go run to one place to another, you know, and do some things. Ends up taking like four hours plus just because of one thing. You mean like McDonald's another. last night? Well, what? McDonald's is always a travesty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like Caitlin said they were going to be back in a half hour to play. Oh, it literally yeah. was like 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like 90 minutes. That was a, that was interesting. You know, traffic and, you know, here's the thing. Last night at McDonald's, right? Like I was getting uh, two, try to get two double cheeseburgers plain. And I got it. We got a happy meal, right? Plain, plain. What yeah. the? F- Two double. That's simple enough, right? Okay. Uh, we're got, you can criticize our order at another time. I don't want time, to catch up right? or any of that other crap on there. Either. I got so we got two <laughs> double cheeseburgers plain, right? They hand us a triple cheeseburger with bacon and like mustard only, and <laughs> a and a double and a double. Uh, sorry, and a Mc, and a McDouble with like everything on it or something like that. That's and what like, you get for your stupid things. taste buds. That's exactly what you and, get. <laughs> and, and then we, in the happy, in the, in the toy, in the happy meal, they didn't put the toy. So I like, I, I went in there and I was like, Hey, like we got two double cheese plain. And I think you gave us somebody else's triple cheeseburger with bacon and somebody else's other double cheeseburger. And, you know, and, and then my wife calls me, Hey, they also forgot the toy. <laughs> so I was can like, I, oh, can I ask can I ask, the toy can I get was the for toy? you all or your daughter? I, I don't know. I, oh, okay. it's, just, it's just like you get, it's just you get a happy meal that comes with a toy. Like she, uh, yeah, I think it, it was a six piece nugget happy meal. I think my daughter wanted the nuggets, and so because okay. I was just like, "Why are you making such a big deal out of a toy?" Caitlin <laughs> <laughs> says those were for me and Kaylee Punk. I I wouldn't have really cared, but it, it was pretty cool. It's like one of those cars you pull back and it, you know, shoots. Oh, okay. Right? Um, I got some McDonald's toys here. Sometimes they have cool stuff that I collect. I got like a, a Grimlock, right? Um, and I got a, a Megatron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got more somewhere. Anyway, hey, we'll stop talking stupid uh, stuff. Hey, let's get into some gaming stuff. Hey, guys, does that sound like a good idea? Um, and General Spartan <laughs> says, was it a late night order? No, it was like, what, six? Yeah. Something? Six it o'clock, was eight, seven, something. I don't know. It wasn't that bad. I mean, every McDonald's crazy. I go to is trash anyway. Oh yeah, it's like, and and then we got the double cheeseburgers, and they were like cold. You know, like the the cheese was like, were, just came out of the fridge, and I, I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, so we got the tra- we got the training McDonald's by me, so I always get yeah. good food. Everything's hot all the time because they got managers on duty training the kids, and the kids want to do everything right. So we always get great food yeah. up by the McDonald's. 
class. I, I think that we don't even have a training McDonald's here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they exist. I think they just throw the kids to the wolves and like, hey, figure it out. You know, um, do you have kiosk at your McDonald's out your way or is it? Yeah, but we started there? doing like a mobile order thing to where you just give them the code when you pull up to the drive through and then they <laughs> give you the food when you pull up to the window. Right. Okay. So and that makes it simple, too, because you get like uh, coupons and stuff with you if you use the codes like uh, every day, guys. If Here's a hack. Right. For McDonald's hack every day, they have a large fry for a dollar. And the app. Look at that. Masshole even <laughs> understands how bad your taste buds is. He says you probably order your fries without salt. I, I'm sure he probably does, Masshole. <laughs> no, I want salt. No, I do not. I, I love salt. I, I love salt. Um, speaking of salt, there's been a lot of salt lately um, revolving around the Activision Blizzard acquisition, which we're going to get into later for sure. But we'll start with some. Hey, let's start with one of our favorite games ever on this panel, uh, especially for Pong Soul. And I, I think you're in the same boat, Fuzz, uh, with mm-hmm. Splinter Cell. And Jasper, are you a Splinter Cell fan? Eh. Okay, you're gonna. <laughs> we'll 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 get to you last on this one. Then. Um, so uh, yesterday there was an article that was actually quoted out from uh, VGC. And uh, for those that don't know, yes, Splinter Cell is coming back. Ubisoft has already actually announced this uh, previously, and they had made a. Uh, a post about it talking about what their vision for the Splinter Cell remake is. Um, some people got confused and thought it was a remaster where this is more of a remake reboot type situation, bringing the franchise back. And the, they said a lot of the right things in that initial announcement. Um, but yesterday, this article kind of made the rounds from VGC. Um, and I got to kind of call out VGC a little bit for kind of a misleading tweet and clickbait here. Um, because they kind of just take this one little section of a hiring post and try to make a big controversy about it. Um, and who knows? I think it's like a wait and see approach for a lot of us here, but uh, trying to stir up negativity potentially about something that nobody knows hundred percent at all, what this is going to be like. Uh, but this uh, tweet actually from VGC says Ubisoft Splinter Cell remake will rewrite and update the original game story story. For a modern-day audience. That's all it says, right? So uh, if you click on the article and, and read it, um, it says, The Splinter Cell remake will update the game story for a modern audience. The remake will use the original game as its foundation. So, hey, <laughs> they left out all, out of the original <laughs> um, tweet as well, the clickbait type stuff. Um, also, it says, As spotted by uh, PSU, developer Ubisoft Toronto is currently looking to recruit a script writer to update the original game story for a modern-day audience. So um, I'm going to go into what their actual wording was that uh, they actually said. So using the first Splinter Cell game as our foundation, we are rewriting and updating the story for a modern-day audience. Read the scriptwriter job ad. Now, if you just, like, say that, that just kind of makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like, this game has been absent for over 10 years now. I believe what was the last one? Twenty thirteen, thirteen or so. Yeah, so almost ten years, almost a decade without a Splinter Cell game. So obviously, you know, when you're coming out with a new game, you know, you're probably having to bring in a script writer and and all these different things, and you're trying to bring it to your new audience, right? Because it's not necessarily going to be the same audience that you had to begin with. Now we all want to think Splinter Cell is going to be exactly what it was ten years ago, right? 
which if we go back and read the original announcements from uh, their posts, they actually take 100% roots of like they want to make this feel like a Splinter Cell game. They want it to be linear, right? They want to take all these things and then they want to uh, make it about the same style of game and everything that it was before. Uh, but people are using this as like this whole uh, culture issue with this game now. So it says, we want to keep the spirit and themes of the original game while exploring our characters and the world to make them more authentic and believable. That's also in the job ad. That doesn't sound too bad, does it? So as a script writer at Ubisoft Toronto, you will join the narrative team and help create a cohesive and compelling narrative experience for a new audience of Splinter Cell fans. Um, so for some reason, this hiring post has caused a lot of controversy on Twitter. And um, I, I bash Ubisoft a lot, right? I, I go after them a, a whole lot. And I've seen so much talk about this specific thing on Twitter, and I just honestly do not know where it's coming from. I understand there's trepidation when we've seen things with other games recently, and it's a little bit of fear that they're doing that to this as well. But I think it's a little bit of misled and uh, primarily uh, struck on purpose based on clickbait articles and clickbait headlines here. Um, Did Pong, you're probably one a splinter cell fan here, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. What is, what is the, your takeaway from their hiring post? Was it anything to even create an article about? Um, Mm, Yes and no. Uh, I, I understand the desire to write an article because again, language these days, can be taken a lot of different ways. Um, And I think that some of the terminology that's used, let's just talk about this industry since we're talking about gaming, um, can be misconstrued in multiple different ways because different companies or different people use the same kind of terminology, but for different, in different contexts. And so I think that, like you said, um, you know, there is this fear of some of our nostalgic games being no longer able to, you know, no longer made a certain way because yeah. of PC culture in 2022 and such. Um, and we've seen some of it in Saints Row. So they're still fresh in some people's minds. So when somebody reads this, I understand why there might be a jump to conclusion. I don't agree with jumping to conclusions, obviously. Uh, I'm a more wait and see type of person. That's what That's the way that I took, you know, Saints Row, uh, when I was scared that they were going to do exactly what they did do uh, to the characters. Um, but I took a wait and see approach and I was like, prove me wrong. I'm like, I'll sit back. I'll wait. I watched you play it. You know, watched other people play it, saw the videos and it was what I feared. But this Splinter Cell, like we were talking behind the scenes, man, with Splinter Cell, what are you going to do to Sam Fisher? Like, I, you know, even if you take Sam Fisher out of the equation, again, we can't have Michael Ironside, as you always say, Mav, doing Sam Fisher at 90 years old. Okay, <laughs> that's just not, that's not going to work, people. We do have to move on from Sam Fisher at some point. So okay? Troy Baker? Or... Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, so if they're going to move on from Sam Fisher, then I understand exactly what they're talking about. Again, if they make it a female, if like we've talked about in the past, if we you know, bring in Sarah, his daughter, as to take over the lead role. Would there still be people upset? Of course there would, because there's idiots everywhere that for some reason can't stand playing a female lead. Okay, fine. They're, those idiots are out the door. But again, how much are you going to take away from Sam Fisher? How much are you going to actually change? Sam Fisher or the role in that game 
is going to have to be a badass at the end of the day. You're still going to be doing spy stuff. You're still going to be infiltrating areas. You're still going to be sneaking around, snapping necks, capping people in the, in the head with silencers, all that kind of stuff. You're still going to be doing the badass stuff. Again, it's like James Bond. Who the hell cares who really plays James Bond? James Bond's going to have to be a badass at the end of the day, right? So that part isn't going to change. So again, I think there's a lot of just kind of um, fear right now just because of what we've seen in other games, but I don't think in this case, Yeah. again, I could be proven wrong. I don't think in this case there's anything here. I think we're all going to see the reboot and be like, oh, okay, this is what they meant. And it's going to be game on. It's going to be a splinter cell that we've all been waiting for. That's where I'm at with it. So, yeah, I, I think is we need to give them a chance. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that's absolutely that's what it, some people are. I, I think they're just like, hey, let's squash it before it happens, because it's not yeah. it's not going to be like it's what we want. So let's right. just like no. and like I can't get behind. I just can't get behind that. You know, like there's a lot of reasons even. OK, so let's say some people's worst case scenario Mm -hmm. they replace sam fisher as the lead character and Mm -hmm. it's and it's a female right Mm -hmm. oh my god right that would be that would be devastating to a lot of people because it's not splinter cell right and i and i get it but then you got to look at some of the realities right we got back in uh last game right michael ironside could not do the role because he actually had a serious health issue had cancer he was actually convinced he was going to die okay he stepped away they gave the role of Sam Fisher to another actor. Was any of us fans of that version of Sam Fisher? I, I, I personally, mean, it was just like whatever. I like it, was, it, it wasn't it Sam. Was fi- it was fine. It wasn't Sam. It right. wasn't Sam, but, right? But yeah. So okay. So for me, like Michael Ironside has had comments that he says, "I am Sam Fisher," right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see Michael Ironside as Sam Fisher. Sure. I don't know unless you like you hunt for a, like a long time and have all these big huge casting things if you can find the right person to fill that role. Okay, Troy Baker. Troy Baker could probably. <laughs> I was trying to. I was thinking about that. I thought maybe like Kiefer Sutherland might do act do a decent job at that. Well, yeah, he. I mean, we had the Kiefer ordeal with Snake, right? Yeah. Playing in Metal Gear, so that's been done. But yeah, I wouldn't mind it either. And I right. think too, Mav, not to cut you off, but I, I forgot the point that I was going to make too. I think with this, I think with this post, I don't know why people are taking putting so much stock into this post when we have the developer interview that you and I broke down for two which I hours. have here as well. We can right, go over some right, of that. right, because that's what everybody should be looking at. What yeah. they said in there is more important than this little offhanded comment on a you know whatever hiring uh, hiring page. Uh, that developer interview told us more if they're being real, which obviously sounded like they were, that told us more about what this game is going to be about and should give people confidence more so than just this little nonsense on on the side here. I think the problem with this article is they put quotes around for a modern day audience when the line before that is update the original story for a Mm -hmm. modern day audience where they just put the quotes around for a modern day audience. It makes you think that they're doing that, but dramatic. It's dramatic effect of kind of miss that that first part of it where it says game yeah. story. So, I don't know. so we, we've had a lot of conversation in the past about possible female character, right? Uh, with Splinter Cell. And there's reasons that have actually uh, happened since then that could lead to potential that that could be a case. Now a book, there's a book. <laughs> yes. A book that's actually out with the female lead character. And guess what? It's somebody from the history of Splinter Cell. It is Sam's daughter, Sarah. You can go back and look at the history of my tweets. I have tweets where I just 
only wrote the word Sarah, right? Because I I was convinced at the time we were going to get an announcement of a Splinter Cell game where Sarah Fisher would be the lead character and Sam Fisher would still play a role in, in the game. So therefore, and, and let's give credit. It was Caitlin who brought it up. It was Kate's idea. Yes, uh, it was. There's a, there's a way you could make this work and still stay true to the original franchise, right? Where you have an aging Michael Ironside. He's in his seventies now, right? He's had health issues in the past. We could still get that Sam Fisher we know and love, and you play a different role with that character to where it's more of a. Um, a, com- a companion or overseer or, you know what I mean? Somebody that's uh, behind the scenes or hel- helping along the way. Um, somebody that's giving advice. He could take the place of the person in the ear. You know what I mean? And and then you can kind of portray and have this passing of the baton to a new character. There's there's many different ways you could portray this. You could have Sarah Fisher uh, helping I mean, I- to save her dad and re- return the favor, right? I wouldn't mind, like, if they're going to reboot it, like, I wouldn't mind it, like, just to start, like, a generic, like, action movie thing where, like, the dad's like, oh, I got to do this one last mission and his daughter gets taken mm-hmm. or whatever, and then he goes and saves his daughter and is like, now you got to become the Splinter Cell or whatever, you know? It's like, just yeah. some generic bullshit like that, like, it, it works, because, like, it works for all those 80s action movies and <laughs> 90s action movies and stuff, like... That's the way we had it, but it just... T- the twist was to start out with Ironside gone missing on a mission, and they yeah. call in his daughter, Sarah, to go help see what the hell happened, and she's got to go get yeah. him out. Yeah. Right? And, that, and that's the this was, the baton. We had been saying this before that book was even announced. Yeah, yes, yes. And, we had come up with the whole plot line. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we saw the book, and we're like, holy shit, this is actually happening. Oh, my God, Sarah Fisher's going to take Sam's, ro- Sam's role. I would be completely down with that because you have a history when it makes sense for the franchise, right? It makes sense for the franchise going forward, and you, you pass up a ton. Now, you could also, if you, if you just have to play as a guy, right? If, if you're one of those people, I just got to play as a guy character, whatever. Maybe they could do that with a co-op, right, or something like that as well. They've had that situation before, even in Conviction, you had multiple playable characters in, in the co-op modes and, and stuff like that. Fuzzy, like, do you ta- do you think this article may be trying to sensationalize and stir up some stuff, or do you think that's, like, uh, actually, like, real concern, or, or what? where are you at with this? I think there may be a little bit of concern on the uh, author's part, but I think it's more so to stir up the conversation, especially like kind of like what Pong was saying with more recent games as far as their their neutering or toning down of some sort in comparison to what they were originally. Like I, I kind of took it more so as, you know, updated for current times or, or more of a modern audience looking at yeah. like the current climate in the world, whether we're looking at China as far as, you know, electronic spying possibly, or, or if we're looking at the, the issues with Russia trying to reclaim territories and things like that, I could see them incorporating some of the more current day news. Gadgets. Yeah. I, I could see them incur, uh, you know, incorporating some of the current day news into that story to kind of give the uh, give more of a reasoning of why sam you know in his 70s is still going out there and and kind of completing some of these things or reaching out to you know previous contacts and maybe he's in more of the the handler position or something along those lines but yeah i i I could totally see more so updating it so that way you're you're looking at what we consider our current enemies or the unknowns or or the insurgents out there that he would be interacting or 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 countering type of thing. So I I I can understand the concern to some extent, but it's like there's so much more that can be read into that yeah. as far as for for updating with with what we see 
just in the news as we speak type of thing. So that, that that's my view on it. So going into this, you know, um, I'm go- I'm looking at an old article from Ironside, right? He said, uh, basically, like it was hard for him to step away from that role originally. You know what I mean? He didn't want to because he identifies himself as Sam Fisher as well, right? That's he's done other. He's voice acted on some of the DLC stuff we've gotten in other games since then. Now that he's come back a little bit. Um, but when you're talk, thinking about rebooting a franchise, which is what this is, what the purpose of this is, I'm thinking of like you're trying to set the ground floor of the franchise going forward, right? And how do you do that? Maybe you have one game where he is the lead character and you also have Sarah Fisher and it's like he's kind of training her and they work together and that's a co-op aspect as well or, or whatever. There's lots of avenues you can go with this, but the key is, is they're trying to go back to the original core aspects of what makes Splinter Cell game. Splinter Cell game is Splinter Cell game. And that's what is ignored completely by this and also by anybody because even, guess what? When it was announced before, nobody really even talked about it. It's like we have something that has been, we've all been wanting for so long is a Splinter Cell to come Man, back. I'm getting excited for this game right now. I just want like a classic spy game. <laughs> just, <laughs> Dude. There you go, they, Jasper. There you they, go. Have yeah. they remastered any of these or is it just there, no, some of them have re- resolution yeah. boost, and that's that's yep. about it. You know, I if if we go back and what they have been saying before, we we covered this on PM and the PM. Uh, we covered this on other shows, and we talked about this when when they announced this. What and what is one of the number one things that gamers ask for every time there's a Ubisoft conference or every time like this year, everybody was disappointed. Oh, there's no Splinter Cell at Ubisoft Forward, right? Um, at every E3 in the past, it's like, oh, there's no Splinter Cell. Uh, we've been saying that for a decade now, right? And we finally had news, and it's a lot of stuff that we wanted to hear from what their official posting was, and nobody talked about it. It was like, oh, yeah, we did, right? We did because we're huge Splinter Cell fans, and we actually were like, holy shit, this is actually happening. Oh, my God, you know? But there, like, I didn't hear like, hardly any conversation on any podcast about it. I didn't hear... Hardly any conversation about any other shows or even on Twitter, people talking about that much. And even today, if you can, if you tell people on Twitter, or whatever, they're making a new Splinter Cell, they'll be like, what? That's happening? Yes, it's happening. And it's like this one article surprised a lot of people. Oh, they're remaking Splinter Cell and it's going to be woke. Like, that's not <laughs> what this means. Like, it's just reading too much into this. And it's like just creating negativity for negativity purposes, right? Um, I think we got a lot to wait and see. Who knows how it's going to turn out? Who knows how it's going to turn out? But if we've been asking for this franchise for so damn long to come back, to have this negativity stoked almost intentionally, it seems, by articles out there written about the game just for a hiring post, is pretty shitty, in my opinion. Now, um, let's look into this also. I want to go back to that original post where we can maybe set some people's minds at ease, right? Uh, Splinter Cell Remake announced, okay? Uh, to this was a Ubisoft's official post. We broke this down before on the show, and I feel like it's worthwhile since we have um, people watching to let people know exactly what they've said about the Splinter Cell game in the past to the audience, right? How are you approaching Splinter Cell as a remake? What makes it a remake and not a remaster? Then Matt West says, to me, a remake takes what you do in a remaster and goes a little bit further with it. The original Splinter Cell has a lot that was amazing, and revolutionary at the time it came out, 19 years ago. The gaming public has now an even more refined palette. 
So maybe that's even right there alluding to maybe you need to rewrite things for the new audience. Okay. Um, so I think it kind of has to be a remake as opposed to a remaster. Although we're still in the very earliest of stages of development, what we're trying to do is make sure the spirit of the early games remain intact in all of the ways that gave early Splinter Cell its identity. So as we're building it from the ground up, we're going to update it visually as well as some of the design elements to match player comfort and expectations. And we are going to keep it linear like the original games. Not make it open world. How do we make sure that new fans are able to pick up the controller and dive right in and fall in love with the game and the world right from the get-go? Then we go on to, from a tech perspective, if I had to boil it down to a couple of words in terms of the difference, what we're doing is exploration and innovation here. We've got a new engine, which they're using the Snowdrop engine, everybody, from one of our favorite games, The Division. Right, one of the best engines out there that, UB, that Ubisoft has at its disposal. We've got a new engine and a new console lifecycle to take advantage of. So the tech is one area that we don't want to be stuck in the past. So they're not going to rebuild off the old tech, which was what some people thought, even though they were clearly stating this was a new game. Right, This is a new game built from the ground up, keeping at its heart the core aspects that make it Splinter Cell. Um. They go on. The phrase stealth action redefined from the original game has actually proven to be a really valuable North Star for us. We're able to, for example, apply that to what uh, they were just saying as far as being able to prototype and innovate and test some stuff out. That is very much in keeping with us redefining what stealth action is going to feel like for a modern audience. Okay, so the question is now portrayed. What aspects do you think are most important to update? What is the core of this experience that needs to be preserved? Uh, Splinter Cell was a breakthrough in stealth. As Matt mentioned, it was a stealth defined with a huge focus on getting the core gameplay right above all and delivering on an ideal, be a ghost. It's important for us to preserve the sense of mastery by supporting players who observe the situations, make their plan, use their gadgets, and outsmart the enemy creatively to deal with the challenges that they are presented with. That sounds like pure stealth action to me. Does it not to you? That sounds like Splinter Cell all the way, right? Ideally, they end up coming out on the other side with no one having realized you were even there. That's the essence of Splinter Cell. That's the essence they're trying to get with this, right? They go on to say one of the things uh, from their point of view is really exciting about the project is that the last couple games, all of us, all of them have worked on have been really big worlds. What that means is that the economy of decisions is very spread out, whereas what he loves about Splinter Cell is every square inch represents intentionality. Every square inch is part of a choice or directly offers a choice or has a direct ramification. That density of gameplay is at the forefront in Splinter Cell, and that's going to be really, really important for us. Again, reemphasizing the fact that this is a linear game where everything is built around the player's experience going forward. Not an open world hub, no, nothing Seems like that. Seems like they're kind of doing the Hitman thing, where like Hitman, you had Blood Money, where it was like those levels yeah. where you go in, you do your stealth thing, and they got to Absolution, where it's like a almost a third person shooter, and then they kind of went back to the new Hitmans, where it's like you go into a level, plan your stuff, and get out. Yeah. So it seems like they're doing that thing where they go back to their roots of their game. And again, they say the gameplay experience we are targeting is directly tied to what we want the players to feel to capture the essence back when we were all playing the original games. 
they go on to say, yeah, preserving what made those early games so compelling, we recognize a huge part of the appeal of Splinter Cell is the flawless planning, execution, and satisfaction you feel when you go in and absolutely ace every encounter. Seeing your mastery put on display at the end of things, especially when you go through with no alarms triggered, that's a big part of the Splinter Cell experience. We want to be sure we're honoring that. Um, Snowdrop is a proven modern AAA engine. It empowers content creators and programmers to, do this, uh, to try things quickly, see what works ultimately find success and that's what the engine that they're using here again um they're able to try and get that core gameplay they go on to talk about within snowdrop uh so i mean this is all not even been talked about did we see any like the amount of stuff we saw yes yesterday and today regarding splinter cell and this like rewriting of the script for modern audience we didn't see i didn't see a, t- a tenth of that regarding all of this you know what I mean? I'm just I'm just saying. It's like people what's like negativity. What's interesting, Bab, is hearing you go back and read that, right? Yeah. They didn't mention Sam Fisher once in that entire interview. No, they now, did not. You could look at that you could look at that two different ways, right? But they were saying in that interview it was gonna be a remake. They didn't say reboot once. They right. actually said remake, right? Yeah. Well, if it's not a reboot. If it's a remake, I think it's a reboot. It's got to be a reboot. It right. has to be a reboot, right? Yeah. Because again, that word, those words, remake, remaster, reboot. Yeah. Unless if they do the Resident Evil route, like they re- they remade Resident Evil yeah. One, but it's a completely different game. Yeah, Resident much. Evil Two remake. It, that's yeah. called right. remake. That's a completely different game, but those are also follow the same story path with the same characters. Which right. I don't. I, with this game, I I don't. Maybe they're going to go that route. We that's what we don't know one hundred percent, but. For me, I would find it hard to recreate that same story with an, yes. with Michael Ironside today, which means the right. only way to do that is if you had a different Sam Fisher, right? And is that something or, people want, or would right. they rather have a new character? I don't know. Right, so then it's a total reboot, because again, <laughs> it's it's really tough. Like, like, listening to you go back through that interview, I was like, damn, they didn't mention Sam once. They talked about mm-hmm. all the mechanics, they talked about all the important parts, all the stuff we love. Not Sam once. So then it would be a reboot if you're changing the main character. And, and Fuzzy, to your point, I re looked it up because I forgot where the first Splinter Cell was set because that was 2004. So that's 17 years ago or 18 years ago already. And it was set in the country of Georgia. So it had Russian ties already. Yeah. Right. So they could still carry that over. But from the way that Mav reads the interview now and listening to it again, I don't think this is a, I don't think this is a remake. I think they're going to reboot and retell something new here completely because that doesn't make any sense because you could reuse if you're just doing a remake you could reuse a lot of the Ironside voice, right? You could you use a lot of the old if you're just going to go straight remake and you're just going to remake the story again, you could use a lot of the, you know, obviously the audio from Ironside, but there's no way they're going to do that. They're going to have to change some things. They're going to have to update some things. So this has got to be a reboot. This has got to be a new character. And that's why they don't mention Sam once. It has to be. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I think think it's a reboot. That's what I've kind of presented it as when I'm talking about it to people. I I felt like this is a reboot of the franchise. Because when they talked about this, also, there's more to this interview as well from the developers. And when they talk about it, they're talking about setting a ground floor for the franchise going forward. And that was a big part of what this game is going to be. And that sentence alone, when reading that, made me feel like this is a reboot. Because you're not just rebooting a game. 
you're rebooting the franchise, right? And if you're rebooting the franchise, you got to make some dif- some decisions on how you're going to do that, especially in a story that is so attached to one character. Now, you could go back and redo the same games all over again, like uh, Capcom has, and, and present them in new gameplay ways. Uh, but then also, the issue with that for me is Michael Ironside or, is so attached to that character, it's hard to imagine. And now, maybe somebody else could nail it. I don't they, know. They could do, like, Modern Warfare is a reboot but they keep some of the same story elements from the previous games but they just kind of retell them in different time periods like it, it may be like a year yeah. before it took place in the original Modern warfare now it's like a year after in this Modern warfare right. so it's the same events it's just told in a different way a yeah. little bit for me it's almost like indiana jones right in harrison ford you know what i mean do we do we get indiana jones movies in the future without harrison ford playing indiana jones you know i don't know had, had river Side phoenix been alive yes yeah, had River Phoenix been alive, yes, absolutely, yes, yes. right, yep. But he's not but now. No, and you've heard Harrison. Harrison's the same way as Ironside. Yeah, I exactly. am Indiana Jones. <laughs> you know, right. I am Indiana. You can't replace me. Like that's it. That's the end. So, so you, create, you have to pass the torch somehow. It's you just so. It's it's almost like they made a mistake originally when they cast him because it's like so unique of a voice and character and personality, and it's hard to replicate that with any voice actor because there's only one michael ironside you know what i mean you can't you can't have an impersonator maybe a a michael ironside impersonator try and do sam fisher but then they actually got to be able to act and all that kind of stuff and i don't know like just even it's not just about the voice in itself it's about the manner of speaking it's about the way you deliver certain things and that's created the character as much as any of the writing it's kind of the james bond argument though isn't it like yep. everyone has their favorite james bond They're everybody has places. their favorite, yeah. favorite bond but that's one thing that like bonds only had certain actors for some certain amount of years and they've yeah. nailed it uh, several times with the castings to the point where there is an argument to be had you got to have somebody if they, if they are to take this now and after one person besides the one game has played the character for now what almost 20 years right mm-hmm. It, it's going to be hard. We're going to face the same thing when we see the new Wolverine, right? Yep. Whenever the new Wolverine comes out, we're going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not right. Hugh Jackman, you know? Um, <laughs> so there's going to be like, it's going to be a harsh criticism and going to be judged. And some people, no matter who it is, is going to hate it, you know? Um, if it's Sam Fisher. I, that's why I think you can still have Ironside there as Sam. But if you do that, have to make some decisions with the story going forward mm-hmm. um, about setting up the future of the franchise. Because guess what? If you want this to be another 20 years of games, I'm sorry, but the reality is there's no guarantee that he'll be able to do another Splinter Cell game in 10 years, right? So um, it's I, I, I hope for the best for this franchise because it's... As Halo is number one, Splinter Cell is one... Like right there, it's also number one. It's just the fact that we haven't really got, we haven't really been served uh, Splinter Cell games for a long time. You know, um, it's a franchise that's going to be coming back, and, and not only that, but it's a travesty to the stealth genre in general that we haven't got it. Because guess what, we haven't gotten a new Metal Gear in a long time too, and it's a that it's first, been a uh, that first Splinter Cell genre. has some of the best physics in it even today. Like. They yeah. haven't even come close. Like the, just the fish tank, the fish tank, the, the fish tank. <laughs> yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. We don't even get that in modern games, and it had it in two thousand four. It's like yeah. what the hell? <laughs> Climbing up for on those the wall, that don't know, snapping the, necks and stuff. I mean, for those that on. don't know, the fish tank thing was you, if you shot a bullet in the fish tank, the water would come out of the bullet hole and drop to that level. 
and you could shoot it again and make it go down another bullet hole. And then if you shot it a third time, it just kind of broke. But like, it, they had water level physics and like in the fish tank, it was so good. Like I don't know, it's just yeah. a weird thing. As, on Chaos Theory, had no like it, it was a like a, I, I don't know how that game was on an original Xbox. Like Chaos Theory when it came out was like. How the hell is this on an on a console first off, and how does it look this good, and how is it like running? Because like this is insane. Wait, I'd never seen graphics like that before. Period. And I was playing <laughs> on an uh, Xbox. That was insane. I played the one of them on PC back in the day. It was like a test game, like yeah. for the PC graphics card, like try to run or whatever. It was like for benchmarking your graphics card. It was really good. Yeah, that's where I first got into Splinter Cell. Yeah, and the other aspect of this is what I hope which they did not talk about as well. You you mentioned omissions, Pong Soul. There's another thing they didn't mention is multiplayer. Spies versus mercs. Because we know we're going to get a monetized version of that. Right. <laughs> I'm okay with it. As long as I get spies versus mercs, if you want to sell me goggles you know, that are optional, yeah. you know what I mean? If I get that classic spies versus mercs gameplay, there's no other game that delivered that. Like Splinter There's Cell. a game that just came out on the PC that's that... It's called Spies called, versus Mercs. No, it's called Spectre, I think, but it's Spies versus Mercs, the game mode. So it's third person spies and first person Mercs. Uh, I'm not sure if it's third or first person, but it's one team has like weapons, and the other team has to try to sneak around and like do shit. You know, it's okay. that whole game mode. But yeah, Halo's even coming out with a version on their November update with a Spies versus Mercs mode, with the one team is in camo and the other team's like jacked up. You know, um, I. There's something about Splinter Cell, like when you go behind a guy and you're a spy and you grab him behind the neck and that proximity chat turned on, you know, and you could just talk the ultimate shit to them before you snap their neck. You know what well, I you mean? You can't do that now. That's the update for the modern audiences. Well, Call of Duty does it. <laughs> Call of Duty does it now. Uh, you know? Um, yeah, but they make you sign an agreement where you can't be toxic. So if you break it, then you get banned. So when I call people a cocksucker after I kill <laughs> yeah, them... Yeah, you as, get banned. Oh, oops. I'll make sure. Good thing I'm, I'm not using the... Uh, in part in game chat um fuzzy uh do you like do you think that we're gonna get spies versus mercs out of this or do you think they're just gonna focus on the single player i, I don't think we get it initially i think they wind up doing kind of like the, the be last a... of us <laughs> don't know, say that one remake <laughs> oh, no. okay I, I, I think it i think it winds up being one of those things where it comes out later and and kind of like pong says that they're going to find a way to monetize it and, and you know I think in the grand scheme of things, if they keep it where it's just more of a cosmetic thing for the monetization, it'll probably work out without it, you know, feeling overbearing or anything yeah. like that. And they'll they'll have a kind of like a solid hit on their hands so they don't have to worry about, you know, is this single player aspect going to continue to sell? They'll they'll have their their multiplayer monetized uh version that they can, you know, focus separately. Like have the same ones that do all of the PvP stuff for uh, the division I think is Red Storm. Have those guys be the ones that focus on those modes and things like that, and I think that will be, you know, the the yeah. best <laughs> option for it. But um, yeah, I, I I think it winds up being split apart from the uh, the single player. Yeah. Okay. I I hope we get whatever it is at least the multiplayer mode getting Game Pass right. Like uh, yeah. it, it's just it had such a hit. I know I'm I'm not saying everything needs to be in Game Pass right, but Splinter Cell and specifically had such a history with xbox right the first few games were exclusive well by that time ubisoft plus should be out hopefully <laughs> right you're right you're that is a very good point um 
I, I just hope that we get. Uh, I I think that for for Xbox, like it, it could be multiplayer. I don't care about that, right? I just I just think you be, the Splinter Cell brand was always at its peak when it had a close association with the Xbox brand. It was almost like another mascot early on. It was almost like Master Chief and, and Sam Fisher with the Xbox, right? Back in the old, old days, you know? So yeah. um, I, I would like to see some kind of marketing or arrangement with, with Microsoft on that just so so you can start identifying that character with Xbox again. Because I think I kind of miss those days of having him part of the uh, Xbox family, right? Um, or whatever new character there is. Maybe it's Sarah. Um yeah, I've seen some people be like, oh, we're going to get a female lead character, you know, like, like, okay, yeah, cool. If it's a badass female, I don't give a shit, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's a gameplay is great and it's a good character. It doesn't matter. I don't know, you know? What, what's wrong with the people that, that have an issue with playing a female character. It's like, did, didn't you play Tomb Raider? I mean, come on. I mean, uh, Perfect Dark. I mean, there, there's tons of games out there. I mean. Everybody is um, head over heels with with uh, Horizon with Aloy, so it's like, come on already! It it, eh, I don't know. Yeah, and there's actual just... story reasons they could make that work. And I feel like if we got a lead, if you lead character, it'd probably be Sarah. Yeah, I mean, your your guys' idea as far as having it where it's like the pass the torch to his daughter, I I think is the way to move the the series forward. I mean. You get the best of all worlds. You still have Sam Fisher as like a more of like a handler role or something along those lines. And now you have his daughter being able to kind of, you know, yeah, take his take his place and kick ass, take names type of thing. So that would be pretty cool. Yeah, Mr. Joanna Dark says Sarah Fisher and Joanna Dark. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty badass duo right there if you if you, if you have that, right? Um, all right, guys. Uh, moving on. Uh, past Splinter Cell. Um, Halo. Yeah, we've discussed a lot of Halo lately, guys. Um, Halo Infinite is in the news again, and it's it is. We yeah. talk about Halo in the Shire. I saw that today. Oh yeah, I saw that today. <laughs> that was another <laughs> that looked, amazing. That looked awesome. <laughs> another amazing Forge creation. Um, no, we're talking about uh, Halo and certain Affinity actually, um, because they've actually come out and actually kind of addressed a little bit about. Uh, we know that certain affinity is working on multiple projects right now. Uh, we know that they're working on uh, the, one of the leaked projects that they've actually alluded to themselves. Uh, that is going to be a um, like a Monster Hunter type game that they're supposedly working with on Xbox. Uh, they're working on another project with some other publishers. It's supposed to be some kind of like NFT type thing or whatever. They're also supporting on Halo Infinite right now as well. But they're also what they said, which is interesting to me, is uh, in this article from VentureBeat today. Um, this was actually talked about about um, the, the a Blizzard veteran Paul Sams has uh, became the president and chief operating officer at Certain Affinity. Um, so Sams is working with Max Holberman, a former Bungie employee. Which, if you don't know Max Holberman, pretty much he's the godfather of modern matchmaking. Uh, when what he designed with Halo Two is pretty much used within Call of Duty and all all these games with console matchmaking and finding servers and and how you keep those games flowing in rotation. Uh, he designed that originally. It's actually a really good interview with Max Holberman uh, with Ryan McCaffrey on IGN Unfiltered that uh, aired a few years ago that I checked out. So I recommend that as a really good listen. 
Uh, but Max Hoberman is the uh, founder of of Certain Affinity, and they've become a support studio of like a multiplayer specialist for several franchises: Halo, Call of Duty. They've done uh, multiplayer modes for Doom uh, and several other games, right? So they've kind of become a multiplayer aficionado, right? So they've kept that relationship with Microsoft, and uh, Sam's is now uh, back there. So he he was asked why is he going to Certain Affinity. Um, it says Sam's is being tapped to help lead growth so that Certain Affinity, which has worked on 30 titles like Call of Duty, Halo, World of Tanks, Left 4 Dead, and Hearthstone, can go to the next level. Most of its work so far has been helping other developers complete their ambitious game. Now it is weighing making its own IPs. So Certain Affinity is making its own games, which is, again, one of the games that Microsoft is uh, working with them on. Um, I spoke with Sam's and Homer about running a studio at a time when the game market is in a state of flux. As world economic conditions and a tough gaming cycle add uncertainty, they say they will focus on developing a quality-based culture and leveling up the skill of the team. Uh, the company has 240 employees, and it's still hiring. Uh, so again, Sam's comes from Blizzard, uh, and that means he's worked on games like Diablo and Starfield, uh, StarCraft and all those kind of things. Um, but going into this article pretty much is led to them saying that the project that they are working on that's tied to Halo Infinite uh, to Tonka is the biggest project they have, period, right now. That's where they have most of their resources. They said they have over 100 employees actually working on this game. Uh, and this game, as was rumored from Jez Corden originally, uh, is rumored to be the Battle Royale mode coming to Halo Infinite in the future. Uh, and they said that it is something that we have not seen before in Halo. And that they're extremely excited about, and it's going to be a big deal. So, uh, are y'all thinking this... Uh, I'm thinking this could be a 2023 thing, potentially. Well, it ain't uh, coming out this year. It ain't coming out this year, because <laughs> we would already heard about it. There was rumors originally that it could have been late this year. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I'm thinking we could potentially see this game uh, next year. And I think it's going to be a pretty damn big deal. Yeah, it just... I mean, I feel like if it was going to be for Season 3, they would have already said that. So yeah. we're looking probably either next november maybe for like the two-year anniversary like i'd say they announce it for the season four which will be like june or something it gets pushed until november and then it comes out for the season two anniversary yeah okay what about you fuzz you think uh you think we can see 2023 fuzz is on mute fuzz must have to step away what about you pong <laughs> uh yeah i think 2023 uh is when we definitely see it so um they'll get the activision blizzard deal done um, they'll announce that they've acquired certain affinity and then they'll announce the battle royals coming on top of it. Um, I think all these moves are playing right into that. Um, and so, yeah, no, I definitely see this showing up in 2023. They're going to need it. Um, you know, forge is going to help out a ton, but they need something official. They'll have it made in forge for the server comes out, which is, yeah, yeah. They'll have a version for sure. I, I mean, I read <laughs> some details today, supposedly on the battle royale and they're going to do things a little bit differently with the loot and stuff. It's going to be not scavenging bodies for loot it's going to be controlling the points which will award you um loot so there's going to be strategy involved to that so that sounds pretty damn cool yeah that's real. what the early leaks were is like you yeah. get uh points for doing stuff and then you can go yeah. to those rec stations like in campaign right. where you call in your weapons and stuff 
You'll be able yeah. to go to those and select a weapon or something select like a that. weapon and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's going to be pretty damn cool, but I think they need it next year for sure. Um, I think it'll be a big boost. Again, Forge is going to be a big boost, but something official as well to go along with season four, like Jasper was saying at some point, I would hope it comes out before November. I would hope that certain affinity that they have this big of a group of devs on it and they've worked on halos in the past they've got experience they got experience with cod as well they know what they're doing i would hope that they'd be able to get it out sooner maybe at the start of season four that'd be a huge announcement to be able to make so i i definitely i definitely see next year for this one for sure yeah i think it'll be a big deal right 2023 yeah 2023 uh hopefully it'll be one of those stealth drops for uh e3 next year Okay, you're saying a st- stealth drop for E3? Yeah, it's it's ready to go. Like when they're doing the show, it's like go ahead and download yeah. it today, type of thing. It's it's interesting um, because they unless if they're making it a separate thing, if they make it a separate app, they could market it as a separate game, like Halo Infinite Battle Royale, or like how they do with Warzone. Right. If they market it as a separate thing, I say we could they could push it up earlier. We maybe see it earlier. Like you could even show like a trailer beta. Game awards. Right. Yeah. And we've heard like that. that that was going to be separate, right? We yeah. heard that it was almost going to be like a war zone to Call of Duty. Yeah. That that's right. what they're going for, that they're going to have this as a completely separate mode. Uh, if they do do that, yeah, Jasper, you're spot on with that for sure. So I, I got the exact quote here as well right now. He said, um, the biggest thing we're doing that's public right now for more than two years. So again, they lead into actual development insight here, how long they've been working on it. So they, for more than two years. So what is it? That means three years. Two and a half years? Exactly. I don't know exactly. They've been working on Halo Infinite doing something that they're they're very prescriptive about what we can say, but they're doing something unannounced, and they're doing lead development on that unannounced thing from conception and design. So this is like certain affinities thing, right? I mean, this is they're taking the lead development on this project. They're not just assisting on things, right? Uh, they're even assisting on Hogwarts Legacy, guys. I mean, they're doing like they assist on so many different games. Uh, one of the biggest go-to companies out there for assisting on big projects, right? Um, they're doing something unannounced, and we're doing lead development on that unannounced thing from conception and design. It's something big and new for the franchise, but I can't say anything more about it. But that's our single largest project of our three projects currently. We have close to 100 developers working on it. So that's uh that that for me that's pretty exciting that you have this talented team focused on one big mode, one big thing for Halo Infinite. And I do think it could potentially be a separate install, but then at the same time, I'm wondering if they're going to use this as a gateway to get uh, those players to try out the rest of Halo Infinite, right? So if you have Halo Infinite free to play game, now with Battle Royale, you download that then you get mm-hmm. the Battle Royale experience, but you also have all the other stuff in there as well, right? So um, maybe they make it really forward-facing, but use it as a, one of the ways to try and bring back people into Halo Infinite, period. Yeah, that's you know? tough. Like, the way that works for Call of Duty is because Call of Duty, like, you want to level up a gun. It's easier to level up in multiplayer than it is Warzone. So, like, you get people jumping back between both where there's there, there's no real level-up system yeah. in Halo. Like, you have shared Battle Pass progress, I would assume, but... I mean, you might as well just keep playing Warzone at that or Battle Royale mode. So, like, it 
for people who don't enjoy multiplayer and just only enjoy battle royales, they're just going to stay to that. So I just I don't know how much is gonna, people are going to flip flop between each thing. It's going to be an interesting thing. Will there just be like what happened with Fortnite? Fortnite Save the World came out, right? It's a yeah. big co op experience, like you know, go in PVE, right? And then the battle royale came out, and then who plays Save the World, right? I, I don't know. Like it, people only play battle royale Fortnite. That's what people think of when they think Fortnite now. Right? You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm not saying there aren't people that play Save the World. If you're a Save the World fan, yeah. I I see you, right? But I'm saying the masses play play battle royale, and a battle royale is huge, right? It's huge with Call of Duty. A Warzone is massive. Uh, they're it launching just, it on mobile. It has to be a good one though, because like Battlefields tried it and failed twice. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think what would you like to see out of this like i, I have a, a couple thoughts and it's interesting because i i flip-flopped on this okay when my original thought was oh it's perfect odst right because you already got the yeah, groundwork the for that and like you got it just makes sense you come in from the sky you know you drop pod you know you get out you're just a regular soldier you go and you gear up and stuff so that would be a cool experience to make it a little bit more tactical and easy, easier kills and stuff like that you know um but then at the same point then i start thinking about well how much would spartan abilities open up and and the pickups and stuff open up the gameplay for spartans right so there's two sides to this and i keep flip-flopping back and forth and i want to know what you guys rather see would you rather see spartans on the battlefield or would you rather see odst on the battlefield i'm trying to think of 343 likes to tie in random lore into their multiplayer stuff. So I'm trying to think, like, the current season right now is Lone Wolves, and it's, like, about being a lone soldier. So the way they tie it back into BR is your Spartans drop into a big map, and they're trying to, like, fight the best, figure out mechanics and stuff so they can start forming a new Spartan team because all the UNSC got wiped out and stuff. So this is their way of training Spartans to work together now. This yeah. is like just story ideas. Like, so I'm assuming it's going to be Spartans and it's them dropping into a, a location, fighting each other, see who has better tactics to create a new Spartan team to become the next advanced soldiers and stuff. That's kind of where I'm thinking. It's so I'm assuming it's going to be Spartans. Okay. What about you, Fuzz? Would you rather do Spartan or ODST? I was thinking originally because of the drop pods, ODST. But um... yeah, Spartans don't even need drop pods. They just drop down and just land on the ground, right? Yeah. Well, they use drop pods. They use drop pods too, but they've also not used drop pods. I'm just saying. Uh, Pong, what do you think? Um, I don't know if this would work for Battle Royale. You guys can tell me if it wouldn't work. But what happens if you dropped in as an ODST and if you earned enough through the match, you could become a Spartan at some point during the match? It depends on I what mean, kind of Spartan you are. First off, right? Because <laughs> yeah. like Spartans have genetic engineering and like right, right, right. No, I know, I know, yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it'd be kind of cool if you earn it, you know, if you earn enough and you could go, you know, yeah, power up and all of a sudden become a Spartan and have like one Spartan ability so that you became a little bit more powerful with an advantage. It'd be interesting. I think maybe you could make it to where you could use some Spartan that, gear potentially. That's Spartan what gear. I was thinking. Like Spartan gear, okay. But you have no, an armor I, plate and your legendary shields like a Spartan shield or something. Sure, or like, sure, something yeah. like that. That would be pretty yeah. cool. Um, no, I'd rather drop in as ODST if I was going to do this. Yeah, I, yeah for you sure. Know, again, yeah, I think so. I think it just fits better uh, with the overall theme, and it's, I think it would be awesome. It sounds better, but I just don't see him doing that. Like, yeah. I would much rather play ODST, but I think that's too much more mechanic works that they have to do and back end stuff, and it's just easier to make everyone Spartans. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. 
Speaking of ODST, though, can I add to this conversation? Joseph Staten came out on ODST's anniversary and said he'd love to do another game like ODST. ODST is my favorite Halo for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. That, awesome. He came out on Twitter (laughs) and said it. Gives me hope that if they get this train, this is down the road, I understand. But if they get Infinite right, that they branch off and do something again like ODST. I would absolutely love that. I love ODST. I think it's a freaking amazing game. What's the multiplayer mode called that they launched with ODST? Firefight. Firefight. Yeah. That was their horde mode kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, in Halo. And they could really do some new things with that as well as an attachment to a game like that. Um, I was in the hopes that eventually they would release a firefight in Infinite as well. Um, with a 10 year plan, you just never count anything out like that, right? Yeah, maybe year four, what, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, year eight, who knows, right? Um, so I, I'm, I'm thinking through conceptually, yeah, right? Making Forge ODST, if you were to take ODST style and you have like nighttime style maps and stuff, and you, you have that chill music vibe while you're while you're playing That's smooth jazz. Oh man, it's like the the music in ODST is amazing. That pistol and the and the and, and that game was so fucking good too. You could have you know you have a little bit of PVE elements in that game as well. I think with grunts and you know maybe have elites and drop ships come through so you can earn points for upgrades as well, right? And you got to make that decision: are you gonna you gonna make that attack and give away your position? You know what I mean? And and for those rewards, or are you going to stealth it? Right. So uh, you also have the sniper. I mean, I think Halo is a good um baseline to make a good battle royale game um but i also thought the same thing about battlefield and they fucked that up big time mm-hmm. <laughs> right firestorm was the like not fun at all right uh for me anyway there's maybe some fans out there um so the just bring, just bring back the superintendent in some way i loved him the ai yeah ODST. i loved the superintendent i thought he was yeah. cool as shit <laughs> Man, it would be pretty cool, it's, like to team up four players too. You know, like there's so many cool ideas, like the ODST playing as ODSTs dropping in, and maybe the ring falling away. But I just, I'm just coming from it from like a story perspective that I know three four three likes to do, and it's it's going to be like a, some simulation training for Spartans. I guarantee you that's what it's going to be. Yeah, something like where they would do yeah. on the UNSC Infinity and stuff like yeah. that before, right? Like, um, it makes sense. And where I've we talked about this before, and where I kind of go with the Spartan thought as well as the bonus there is because you already have the gear, you can upgrade it. They already have all that implemented with infinite. You can pick up a grapple shot or you can pick up a, uh, you know, a shield or whatever you want to do. Right. And um, all those different aspects give you opportunity to have a competitive advantage in a firefight in a situation. And ODST troopers don't, aren't necessarily supposed to have access to that gear. Right. So um lore wise yeah. they would have to do some trickery stuff yeah. there right? I, I think this is actually probably the hardest br to make for okay. any game because like if you do vehicles it it just ruins it if you do like you have all these yeah you got a scorpion tank in there it's fucked you know yeah, what i mean and it's like do you put on sprint if it's a large map do you take off sprint there's so many like aspects yeah. of halo that have like evolved over the years like which do they take and there's so many people like that. Like, I don't like sprint. I like sprint. I don't like mantling. I like mantling. It's like, what do they take and put in the BR for people to be happy? Do they give us the grapple? 
Yeah, I don't know because then the movement is <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you can pretty much fly around Halo Infinite like Spider Man, right? Yeah, right. And if you just got that off the bat and could do that yeah. in in the battle royale mode, and you're like the only one, that's like so OP. You know what right. I mean? Like, so you'd have to have like maybe they introduce loadouts into battle royale, and that is a possibility. Who knows? Uh, you know, they have that in Warzone. You can dr- call I mean, in a loadout it, drop. I guess it, you know, it works for the multiplayer now. So like. I guess it could work on larger scale, but yeah, uh, it's true. Um, Buzz, do you think a battle royale in Halo has potential? Like, I mean, do you think it could be something that would grab the masses, like Call of Duty has, and things like that? I think it can. It's just kind of like what Jasper's saying. It's hard to please the the current Halo audience. Like, I I think. This is going to probably sound weird, more so with me being less of a Halo player in comparison. Yeah. Like, I, I think the battle royale needs to appeal to those that are already in other into other battle royales. Right. They may not be Halo fans in general, yeah. so going with something completely different from their normal lore as far as weaponry or or loadouts and such might be the right approach. Like, I almost feel like that's. I won't say the Hail Mary, but that's like the one, okay, yeah. you're not a Halo fan. Here's something that's more of like what you're used to, but with a Halo spin on it kind of thing. And I think that will, you know, attract more of the masses. Because think... that was the argument when the game was first being teased. It was like, there was a lot of, the, the Halo community didn't want to BR. The people outside the Halo community wanted the BR for Halo. Exactly. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I mean, unless you create two type of uh, battle royales, but then... You're once again segmenting yeah. your. Yeah, your I think you got to focus on one it, thing, it, right? Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I I almost would want. I would rather see it where you either start off with like um the what do you call it the the sword or or just you you know start off with melee. You find weapons. You know you you get the control points, kind of like mm-hmm. the stuff that they had hinted to. And then that's when you're able to get, you know, energy weapons or something along those lines. But it did. Yeah, I think they're they're going to have to do something a little different than, you know, your Apex Legends or your Fortnites to kind of differentiate themselves. You can't start out with a pistol. That's the best gun in the game. So you have to start with like a plasma pistol. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, plasma pistol start, man. That'd be brutal, dude. Oh, my God. Because you're never dropping a gun at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's. Yeah, that's a tough one. I I honestly think they just they they have to go with something a little different than what the Halo community would probably want, and I think that will Ooh. at least give them that that third approach where you can attract people that aren't into Halo currently. So yeah. I one thing I think it's also leads to Spartans though is because they already have all the mechanisms of cosmetics built in for Spartans. So like yeah, it would make sucks. yeah, you're right there, Jasper. But what if what if just hear me out? You meet the okay, you both. Both worlds, you kind of have something different, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, and you can have an upgrade path here that makes sense. You do elites. <laughs> Fucking hell, you you're play smoking as, something. You nice. play <laughs> as elites, right? Mm-hmm. You play as like a segmented group of a, a faction of elites that are have gone rogue, and you're all like you're all having this battle within each other and stuff. And, do you remember when uh, <laughs> Infinite was first come out? They ask, "Are we going to have playable elites?" And three four's like, "No." You're right. This is, <laughs> but maybe the battle royale is all elites. You get to well, uh, kill each other as, as aliens. I, I, I think the biggest thing is certain affinity just has to do what they want to do here. Yes. They can't. They've got to go against the grain 
that three four threes fallen into by trying to make the community entirely happy and going back and forth and maybe not doing things that they would have done for fear of the community. Certain affinity has to come in with a fresh slate. Sure, it has to make sense. It has to fit into infinite. I get all that, but they have to do the game mode that they want to do because these guys are not. These aren't. These aren't rookies. Okay. These these guys have made some amazing things yeah. on other games, and they just have to come in and do the battle royale that they envision, make it make sense with infinite, like Jasper's talking about, but just do the game mode they want to do. And if the community wants to blow up and say, oh, my God, this is not Halo, this is the worst thing, <laughs> too bad. Too bad, so sad. They have to come in and just make it happen. And and like Fuzzy's, to Fuzzy's point, if they know it's fun, if they know it's great, and if they know the part of the Halo community, which is always going to happen no matter what, if they're going to be unhappy, so so what? If it is more appealing to the masses if it is something that they think that they've nailed just go with it and make it happen i, I certain affinity has to trust themselves and microsoft and xbox have to give the green light to them to do what they want to do with this for the most part again it's got to make sense but it's still got to be their game right 100 percent um anybody else got anything to add on halo br I mean, i'm gonna get to the results of the poll here real quick we got i put out there the poll would you rather play as an odst and a spartan Okay, fifty eight percent went with Spartan. So, a lot of Spartan fans out. Also, there. one thing to add to that, I, the bait, the the player count is going to be so tough because with desync right now, just with eight people, I do not. That's going to be ooh. <laughs> what's the what's the player count on the uh, big team right now? Is it uh, 24, I think. Oh, 20, it's only twenty four. I thought it was thirty two. Yeah. That's twenty four. Okay, so maybe they do. Um, yeah, it is because it used to be eight versus eight, right? Because they're using the yeah. same engine and everything, I assume. So they're using right. a lot of the Halo Infinite code, I would assume. Also, but they, they're they're taking this from concept, lead design, everything. So I'm wondering if Dave uh, can make something that isn't going to have as many issues, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I don't know, yeah. right? Uh, and they, maybe they keep people on for two years too, so they, they don't have to keep. They, they are people. the multiplayer <laughs> masters as well, right? So you got Max Holberman there, pretty much designed the multiplayer infrastructure that a lot of games run on these days like it's uh, uh maybe there's just hope there that they could get that yeah. on track right so um i have a lot of faith in this game and this whatever this is i i, I want to see it obviously i want to i want to try it and play it I, I am a fan of battle royale genre period right i like i played a shit ton of fortnite i like fortnite i like warzone only thing that keeps me from playing warzone now is the fact that there's hacks and cheaters that play and when you're playing a battle royale and you get to the final four, and you get killed by a guy that shoots a pistol across the map, uh, automatic <laughs> headshot, like from a thousand yards away, and they win the game that way. Uh, and you see it on the kill cam. That's just like kills the game for you, right? So, um, but I, I have hope for this. And the other key aspect to it was going to make it special is the map. They have to absolutely nail the map, right? Uh, the Halo, you can't have some bland ass boring map out there you got to like go all a, out on this they they should just do like the warzone strategy where you put famous halo maps in the, the battle royale like have blood gulch and have a tunnel connected to like avalanche or something it's just like yeah um so yeah we'll we'll move on from that guys but yeah halo br i'm excited for it i think that certain affinities them taking the lead on it and i think it'll be next year and I think it'll be a surprise. I think I think Fuzzy's onto something. Like 
the, we'll get the announcement at e, like E3 because it's a pretty big damn deal, you know? Yeah. And we'll get that and maybe it'll be like September, right? Something like that for like season. What should we be on at that point? Like six? No. Three well, is I, November. No, wait, sorry. Three is March. Shit. Yeah. We'll be on. So for May, uh, if March, then, then like June should be five. Yeah, June should be five. So like around September should be six. Well, the March, four should be June, June six because if the third season's in March, you got three months. Then season four would start. Oh, in so June. five, right? Yeah. yeah, season five. So maybe we'll see it around season five. If not, then season six. That's that's if, my guess. If seasons are three months, if they get to seasonality <laughs> by then, right? Uh, that's the hope. Um, all right, guys. Guess what, Satya? Uh, this 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 battle continues, right? Let us have competition, Satya says with a big smile on his face. Um, talking about the Activision Blizzard acquisition with Bloomberg in an interview, um, he seemed to think that hey, this deal's going to go through, uh, but also kind of threw some like interesting uh, comments. He's like, hey, you know. Uh, we think it's going to go through, uh, but if this is about competition, because Sony's went out there and since the, since we've announced this deal, they went out and acquired three or four other. Uh, they went out and acquired three or four other studios, and they're number one in the space. We're like number four or five, depending on how you count. Is what he said. Um, if this is about competition, let us have competition. Um, what does he What does he mean by that exactly? Because I see some people be like, "Well, seventy billion dollars can't be compared to." what Sony acquired, right? <laughs> so what does he what does he mean by let us have competition? You think it's a direct shade at the at the regulators or Sony themselves? A, a bit of both. It, it's just one of those things where now Sony's already cried out to anybody that would listen as far as um you know, they they feel that it would be a detriment to their gamers or to gaming in general if if this company is allowed to acquire Activision, but it's you know, on the flip side of things, Sony's been the ones that have been kind of blocking content from other platforms and, you know, making acquisitions that, yeah, they're with well within their budget. And sure, they may not be a $70 billion, you know, acquisition, but it's still something that that they're they're outside of the whole Bungie deal, which Bungie is kind of that unicorn in the industry. They they've definitely locked down behind, you know, closed doors as far as their their you know ips and things moving forward so the competition aspect is yeah we we tried sony's old game of just make the console make the games and you know it it never seemed to favor us because we're, we're not about you know locking content for x amount of years behind our platform type of deal or when we do everybody calls us out because they remember big bad microsoft from the 90s but you know at least let us, you know, approach our way of competing with them with having, you know, our platform or our material or our content available on multiple platforms. So that way it's accessible to, you know, more gamers and such. But it, I don't know. I, I think Jim Ryan now kind of realizes that he may have put his foot in his mouth and, and, you know, now that Satya is on a deal, I, I'm I'm curious to see if Jim Ryan makes another comment to the press or whatever, because mm-hmm. uh, it, it just seems like that that was kind of like, all right, you want to keep running your mouth? All right, we're 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 paying attention now. We're listening. You may have tried to just get the the regulators to listen, but we're listening, and you know, we're we're going to you know 
show or expose all the, the dirty dealings that you put in your contracts. I mean, remember, they have copies of the contracts from Sony with, with uh, Bethesda. And I'm pretty sure they've they've, you know, had communications with other third parties on, you know, Sony's dealings on blocking content from, you know, Xbox or or just other platforms in general. So it it's now gonna be about competition and they're gonna, you know, put their their uh you know business out there as far as what Sony's been doing and showing that, you know, we're we're trying to do things along those lines but sony is the the ones that are kind of in the driver's seat and you know dictating what what they do and what others can't do type of thing right he's gonna he's gonna start sending out checkbooks to all his xbox leads and say hey go out to whatever studios offering exclusives from just go out offer more money yeah just pay him 100 grand more we don't care we got plenty of money just we we getting all these exclusives now (laughs) you want call of duty content we got it you want Final Fantasy? We got it now. Just like we're going to start seeing deals five years from now. Xbox exclusive content. Right. Um, I think Sati is kind of like getting, it seems like almost came across like he's getting annoyed by this whole situation with the regulators and stuff. You know what I mean? Like what I took from it was like, if, if I'm like looking at this deal and Sati is this much behind it, speaking like that, this is going to go, this is going to happen. I mean, he's the CEO of Microsoft, like one way or another, this is getting done, right? They're not going to let some regulator agency in the UK or Sony because of one gaming franchise shut down a $70 billion acquisition, right? And an industry that they're not even close to number one in, right? Um, Pong, did you take as more of like a backing from Satya? Like he's all in on this or you think he's just frustrated? No, he, he's definitely, we've known he's been all yeah. on, all in on this since the beginning. Again, you don't go make the biggest deal in history for Microsoft as a yeah. tr- almost $2 trillion company. This is your biggest investment ever. You don't do that unless you're all in. Sati is just reaffirming, and that was a backhanded slap towards the CMA because the CMA's whole talking points were all about competition. Again, you don't get to willy-nilly make up rules about how businesses are competing. Innovation is competition. It makes the other competitors, your main competitors, rethink how they're doing business. You don't say, well, Sony set the rules, so Microsoft has to follow those same rules. So if they want to go buy exclusive deals and do timed exclusivity and they want to go do... That's what they can do, but they can't do this other stuff because Sony just doesn't have the money as the same level as Microsoft. You don't get to say that. That's not how business works. So just because Xbox has a bigger parent company behind them doesn't mean that they don't get to go do what they're capable of doing unless it starts to infringe upon the monopoly rules and that kind of stuff out there. So, so all Satya is saying to the CMA, look, your whole, your whole statements, all your statements in that, we're simply about competition. Well, if you want to get down to, to the numbers, we're number, we're number four or number five, depending on how you want to slice it. So we're just going to do what we're going to go do to make ourselves competitive. And that means, yes, we can gun for the number one spot. We don't have to be satisfied to be below number one. We are allowed to try to take the top spot away from your fan favorite, Sony. 
that's just how it works. That's how business is. It's no different. Anything else? Again, sports analogies are always the easiest to go to. You didn't get to go. You don't get to go to say to other teams. Well, it's not fair that this team doesn't get to draft this guy, so you can't you you can't go buy a free agent too because you got a better draft pick. That's not how this plays out anywhere. So Satya is simply restating again. It's Satya is. Sati is enough. Sati is the head of Microsoft. Does he is he a gamer? No, he's not a gamer, right? Jim Ryan's not a gamer either. He's a numbers guy. Satya is the head of Microsoft. His job is not to be a gamer, but his job is to support the things that the investments that he's making on behalf of the of the board and of the company as a whole and all the investors out there that have stock. That's what he's there to do. That's what he did today. And of course, he's going to be confident. He's not going to come out and say, well, the deal looks like it's pretty uh, it's a rough spot. I don't know if we're going to get this to go through. He's not going to say that. Of course, he's going to put on air confidence. But I've said from the beginning, they have a right to be confident. This isn't the first rodeo for Microsoft. This might be the biggest rodeo they've ever been in, but it's not the first one. They have million-dollar attorneys to go handle this stuff. They've dealt with the worldwide regulatory bodies in different areas for decades now they know exactly how this game is played and satya knows at the end of the day behind the scenes as they work through this deal as they educate the regulatory bodies this deal is going to go through there's no reason to stop it so he's just putting up notice that once again you may not like that we're changing the rules you may not like that sony now all of a sudden has to change the way that they do business but that doesn't matter. That's innovation. That's thinking outside the box. That's saying, hey, we tried it your way. We didn't get very far. So we created a whole new way to do business in this industry. And we think from our standpoint, the way that we're going to do business is going to make it more accessible to more consumers. It's going to make it more friendly. It's going to make it cheaper. All of that stuff. We think this is a benefit how we're doing it. We think the old way sucks. And we're not going to play by those same rules anymore. And Sony can tag along. Sony can follow suit. Sony can do their own version of all of what we're doing. But we can have the number one spot at the end of the day. You can't stop us from doing that just because we got a bigger bank account. So uh, it was a great move by Satya. He put it down. And again, all, all the people, the discourse on the internet and Twitter and whatever else, the clown show that just <laughs> seems to say, well, we... We didn't want him to compete this way. Yeah, you don't get to you don't get to decide that. You don't get to have arbitrary rules in business. Like, yeah, this isn't fair because our favorite company just isn't the same. Isn't as big. That that's not how this works. Not like big this. bad bear woke up. They came out of hibernation. They decided to go fishing. Guess what? Just because you're on the smaller bear team and the bigger bear can come along and take more fish doesn't make it unfair. That's just the rules of life, people. That's how it's going to work. Microsoft's no different. Again, unless they encroach upon certain laws and certain rules where monopoly is a thing, but we already know that's not even close to this, that's how it's going to play out. Microsoft can come and take what they want right now. It's no different. You can't expect them to build studios from the ground up in 2022 when there's a shortage of dev talent out there. And all of a sudden, then you'd be talking about, why is it taking so long for games to come out? Why is it do Look, they're going and doing what they can do. At the end of the day, they own the studio. Whether they build the studio or they go buy the studio, they own the studio. And those studios are there to make games. And they're paying the talent to do that job, no matter which way you dice it. So Satya came out like a king. 
like he should have, and just <laughs> put on that smirk. The best part was a smile. Yeah. <laughs> right. That that that's something out of Satya. That that wasn't acted. That wasn't just a part of his job as CEO. We've seen him give talks before where he doesn't smile, where he's dead serious. He gave that smirk at the end, knowing full well. Look, you guys can't stop us. This is what it's about. Yeah. You don't have to grow things organically. <laughs> no, you don't. Not in business. That's not a rule, Fuzzy. That's not, <laughs> some, that's not some rule in place. You can only grow your own homegrown talent, and that's the only way you can be successful. My God. <laughs> yeah. Just going to start signing an exclusive partnership with Embracer. Only Embracer games come to Xbox. Mm, that would hurt. <laughs> right. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to see like how this goes down. I, I think Satya's got the back of this deal, and th- that alone makes me think that no matter what, this is going to go down. They could bully it through like Amazon did as well. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it, There's a lot of avenues they could take, and I think they're going to not let this get stopped or whatever. And, and that's kind of what I took most from it. And he's ready to compete. And that just means that he's ready to put all in on this. Uh, one, one, uh, one other thing, uh, real quick. I, I'm going to ask you to take over for a minute, Pong, because I got to yeah. make a uh, phone call real quick. But uh, one other thing I want to uh, address with this whole situation is like a lot of people have even forgotten the fact when they're talking about this because it seemed this at taken out of context and the fact that oh well, Microsoft, this is going to be bad for the industry. It's going to be bad for all these different things. People forget about the alternatives. Mm-hmm. That would have been that we all this puts public information that has been out there about mm-hmm. the companies that they they don't say the names of the companies, but there's been like A, B, C, and D companies. They they were shopping themselves, right? They're looking mm-hmm. for a deal. Activision Blizzard was. They were they're going to they were going to make a deal with somebody at some point, right? Mm-hmm. So if they didn't, then that was really bad for them as well. They were self imploding, right? So you look at all these different things. People forget about the alternative things that could have happened with this, and they also forget mm-hmm. about. Um, the work, what's best for the actual people at Activision Blizzard and what's best for Activision Blizzard in themselves as well, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody's screaming about possibly losing a game franchise on your platform in seven years when that company is actively making that happen on other platforms all the time. It is nothing to cry about, and it's ridiculous for that to be the sole focus of a $70 billion acquisition that has much more ramifications than something so stupid as that and i think that's what sati is coming at is like this is asinine however they got to look at it. it's a 70 billion dollar deal but they're talking about not being competitive when they're number one saying let us let us have an opportunity and if we have to go and buy a 70 billion dollar company to try and get up there to where we have to go and compete with sony we're going to do it and that's what they're doing uh take over from me pong after this get logitech g cloud I want to talk a little bit about that too, but uh, I got to. So you kind of want to go into the uh, alternatives here of what could happen then? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, cool, <laughs> cool. All right, yeah. So uh, to Matt's point, people do forget um, not only what, not I mean, only look just at Atari. What, Atari was at the top of the right, game back in the right, day, and Sega, then nobody. <laughs> Sega, Sega, Sega got demolished. Right, Sega was no longer there. But that's what could have happened here. And people, you know, again, like to Matt's point. Tencent's getting serious, folks. If you didn't know, Sean Layden has now joined Tencent. Okay, they're getting serious. So, but you, when they when they launch a Chinese backed console, and they're looking to make a big splash, would you like them to have locked up Call of Duty, and you have to go buy a Chinese backed system to, in order to play Call of Duty? Would you like that? Would you like to only be able to play Call of Duty on Luna? How about that move right there from Amazon? Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> or how about this? How about worst case scenario? ABK folds. ABK's house of cards come crumbling down because they already said it wasn't sustainable what they were doing. All of a sudden, they got to have a fire sale. And all of a sudden, devs are losing their jobs. They're closing studios. They're selling off studios. Is that what everybody would rather have at the end of the day? Again, Arcane, Zenimax. Without the purchase of Zenimax, Arcane could have been possibly closed down. They were not a profitable studio to a, to a corporation in Zenimax that had to answer to a board of private investors because they were a private company that weren't happy with the direction of things were going as far as money goes. Arcane Games critically acclaimed but never sold well. So, you know, Jasper, let's start with you. When you look at this, to Mav's point, worst case scenario without these deals, right? This is kind of a lifeline from Microsoft and Xbox to a lot of these places. And again, ABK is huge. It wouldn't have been overnight that that they would have folded shop, but they were on their way down and they would have gotten very juicy at one point to a lot of different takeovers out there, including Tencent, Amazon, et cetera. So you look at it the same way, Jasper, that this was kind of a lifeline in a lot of ways and that we've got the best case scenario here. If, if no one bought Activision, eventually a lot of these studios would either sell off or just, fall apart and just go into bankruptcy and we they just be gone like and if that's the case then you may never be if all the people looking at call of duty you may never get a call of duty again i mean that's just the end of the day that's what could happen if no one bought them and then for blizzard i think blizzard probably could have survived they would have just broke off and been like hey we're our own thing now or whatever um i think they would have been all right same for king i think king would have broke off been all right but you're only going to have those major successors in that uh activision under the Activision that breaks off and still around at the end of the day, like, but Toys for Bob, they're they're dead. Raven yeah. is probably dead at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. that's just sad. No, I, I and I agree. Again, the the writing was on the wall for a lot of these places. And Fuzzy, we've seen this in the past. Like Jasper brought up, we've seen some of the biggest companies, you know, Sega, Atari, go through moments in history where there was no. Microsoft Xbox to come save them that there was no alternative that you know Sega had to get out of the console business in order to survive and become a third party publisher they could Mm -hmm. not sustain their console business we've seen this throughout the history of video games we just so happen to be at a point in time now where the industry is beyond healthy and again a lot of people are expecting a crash at some point some contraction at some point sure we could eventually see that the industry gets so big but right now it's in a healthy state and it's in such a healthy state that you've got all these different places coming in. People outside the industry showing up at the doorsteps wanting to invest in this industry, the biggest entertainment industry in the world right now. And we're seeing a lot of that. We saw Embracer Group come out of nowhere, come out of the shadows, and now become one of the biggest players. So that's the state of the industry right now. But Fuzzy, and from your perspective, is this the best case scenario? Or do you think that there was another scenario that might be better or do you think that, you know, are you on the are you on the side that says, hey, you let people fail when they fail? That's part of the industry as well. If, if ABK has got to crash, it's got to crash and burn. I don't want to see Microsoft and Xbox become even bigger than they already are. Where are you at with this? Yeah. For, for me, I, I look at it as given the, the issues, whether it be the the publicity or just the, the PR stuff that was or HR stuff that was the issue mm-hmm. within ABK itself. 
it it was definitely in in a bad spot for both the overall branding but also the employees the the probably the most important part of the whole deal and and looking at the alternatives sure they could have found another buyer would it have been as i guess accessible probably not especially considering you know i don't as much as sony fans might want to believe that sony could have swapped or swooped in and saved them they don't have the liquid assets it would have been a much tougher acquisition attempt where they would more than likely have to partner with uh, possibly a third party to even be able to clear that deal uh they have a tremendous amount of debt because of some of their other divisions that haven't been as successful, but somebody like an Amazon or Google before they got scared out of the industry with with uh, Microsoft buying Zenimax and not realizing that you know seven billion dollars is kind of like the standard fare to to kind of dip your toe into this pool type of deal. It, Amazon could have definitely swamped, uh, swooped in and it would have been an exclusive on Luna or at least you know early access stuff would be mo- you know streaming only type of thing and I I don't think that would have really went over as well as people may want to believe it would have gone. <laughs> I think it would have pretty much, you know, hit like a, a, a ton of bricks and I'm not saying that that would kill the franchise, but that would definitely hurt, you know, the overall, I guess, persona behind uh, Call of Duty in, in itself. But I, I think the grand scheme of things is if, if some other buyer didn't step up, it would have been, like you said, a fire sale. Now, Contrary to the the whole deal, I still think Microsoft would have probably benefited from the like the fire sale aspect. Sure, they would have been bidden. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, sure, a lot of devs would have you know had to change jobs, relocated, and so forth. But I think a lot of that IP that would have gone up for sale, or some of the studio like uh licensing and and whatnot, Microsoft would have probably still been able to buy and buy it on the cheap. You know, pennies on the dollar, and wouldn't have had as much oversight as far as from regulators, and and it, I don't know if that's the way you want to come in, where you're kind of cleaning up, you know, the stuff after everything is kind of burned to the ground type of deal, but they would have more than likely owned the Call of Duty license, like that's another one of those that would have probably gone for you know upwards of twenty billion, and. Once again, does Sony have twenty billion in pocket? No, they would have to have done a loan type of deal, or they would have had to skip out on on you know Bungie or something along those lines. But it, it, I, I think people need to to take a step back, aside from their console or platform preference, look at the bigger picture of of the industry, and knowing that much like it, it, whether you're on the the side of bailout or or non-bailout for like what happened in 2008 it it it's one of those things where once a big portion of the industry does fail it does have you know a, a domino effect within the, the industry so it may not be you know visible right on the surface but when you have one make ma- uh, major publisher fall well now you have less jobs out there for more dev talent that's out there. And it's going to be one of those things where you may see a lot of, you know, musical chairs uh, as far as people moving around. It may also create a bit of distraction while one new uh, IP tries to step up to kind of fit that vacuum or fit that gap while others are, are, you know, not necessarily struggling, but also trying to spread themselves a bit thinner, trying to focus on what they would normally focus on. But it, 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 I, I think 
overall, Microsoft coming in was probably the best fit as far as what we could see. And look at like the the next thing that I guess we're going to talk about with the the whole you know Logitech thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tencent's invested in that, so yes. I think Tencent is already knocking at the door. I mean. Sure, this thing is marketed as oh, it's the X Cloud and streaming mm-hmm. system for like uh, the, the what do you call them, the Nvidia Shield and mm-hmm. and Steam streaming and stuff like that. But if Tencent has some some financial backing in this, you best believe they're working on an app to put on there as well. And that's Absolutely. just a matter of time. So that's also like hard not to get like too political. But if China does something like what Russia's doing, like. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even have like we're not going to get some stuff. And ten cents putting money in everywhere, so we could lose a lot of content if yeah, China right. does something stupid. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. No, and I think you were right, Fuzzy, for bringing in the human element as well. And that was kind of what I was saying too, with the closing of studios or people loss of job, but just the HR situation. There's only so many companies on the top you know, off the top of the head that could absorb something like an Activision Blizzard, right? There's only so many that could take on that mm-hmm. um, and keep, try to keep as many of the jobs as possible. And Microsoft is one of the few companies, I think even if like a Tencent were to make that type of acquisition, that they would consolidate a lot, that they would mm-hmm. be closing down a lot and kind of trimming the fat. That's again, what I was talking about with the Zenimax deal. Had somebody else bought Zenimax, there's still potential that an arcane might not have been appreciated the way that it was by Microsoft and Xbox and kept around. Somebody could have come in and said, yep, you're not very profitable, kind of like Square Enix did, you know, obviously with Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal and said, yeah, "Yeah, you guys make great games, but the numbers, man, the numbers just ain't where they need to be. We're going to have to, you know, disperse you amongst the other studios and we're shuttering arcane down. So Mm -hmm. I think that, again, the fact that there is an umbrella like Microsoft and Xbox with a head like Phil Spencer, who understands the gaming industry, who appreciates the gaming industry as a gamer himself and can look at things like an arcane situation or look at an ABK situation with the HR absolute nightmare going on over there and take into account the human aspect and say, no, we are going to do our best to clean up or we're going to do our best to keep everybody on board that we possibly can and make things right. And the fact that there is an umbrella like that, I think is underappreciated by a lot of people who only look at it as, Hey, this is Xbox versus a PlayStation. I hate Xbox. So I don't want this stuff to happen. Look, when you take a step back, there is so much worse that could happen at the end of the day for these places at a human level, not just talking about the IP, but at a human level that I don't think you would want to wish on anybody uh, close to you, that you'd never want anybody to have to go through that situation. And so I think that this is... It's what, 10,000 people? Yeah. So yeah, you're like, not all of those are going to be able to find jobs. Like there's not enough studios out there to cover that many people right now. So there's going to be probably at least half of them are out of a job that we're going to have to find something else. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, correct. It would be an awful, awful situation. So uh, Fuzzy, you kind of transitioned there uh, as well with the uh, Logitech G Cloud, which was what the next topic Mav wanted to uh, hit up. So for anybody who has not been paying attention this week, that's right. We've got a new handheld coming to the market. Uh, And this is the Logitech G Cloud handheld, which we had heard, as Fuzzy stated, was uh, backed by Tencent as well. But Microsoft got in the mix, too. 
Um, and uh, Mav and I talked about this with Jez last night, so I'll bring that into this as well. But I want to read from Xbox Wire here real quick. Since we are an Xbox show, we'll keep it on the Xbox side. Uh, Xbox obviously went in partnership to make sure that this uh, device was going to be compatible uh, for xCloud and Game Pass apps, and that's exactly what happened here. So uh, the Xbox Wire article reads, At Xbox, we are always looking to make gaming available to more people in more ways. Since launching xCloud Gaming Beta two years ago, we continue to expand device support, bringing Halo Infinite to entry-level PCs, Forza Horizon 5 to iOS phones and tablets, Microsoft a Flight Simulator to Xbox One, and hundreds of games to even more devices like 2022 Samsung Smart TVs. As we look ahead, we will continue to meet people on the devices they already own, breaking down barriers of entry to play. So today, we are announcing the Xbox Cloud Gaming will be available in more places with the Logitech G Cloud Gaming handheld when it launches in North America on October 17th. Soon you'll be able to play Grounded and Sea of Thieves or discover your next favorite game right in the palm of your hands using the power of the cloud on an all-new device. Handhelds are a natural next step in our cloud gaming evolution. And it's great to see a world-class hardware leader like Logitech optimize Xbox, Xbox cloud gaming for their new device. You can jump right in with ease anywhere you are and take advantage of a 16 by nine full screen display with extended battery life built-in Wi-Fi, and ergonomic controls. The Logitech G Cloud will allow you to progress through campaigns or get online for a multiplayer session where it's most convenient for you. Getting started is easy once you boot up your Logitech G Cloud. You'll see the Xbox Cloud Gaming shortcut pinned right to your home screen. You can play hundreds of high-quality titles with an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate membership, including new games on day one from Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda, as well as the fantastic titles from our partners such as The Gunk, Power Wash Simulator, and Tunic. You can also play Fortnite with your friends for free, no Game Pass subscription required. Additionally, we worked with Logitech to enable our remote play feature, also pinned as a shortcut to the home screen. Remote play differs from xCloud Gaming by letting you stream your full Xbox library going beyond titles in Xbox Game Pass, from your personal Xbox console to phones, tablets, and now handhelds. So, for anybody else who uh, wants a little bit more detail, this is an Android-based uh, device. Uh, Jez put it correctly. This is basically an Android tablet um, in your hands, um, and that's where the price point comes in. Because it's Android-based, it's coming out at $349 is one of the main reasons, $349.99, $350. You can get it on sale right now if you pre-order through Amazon for $299.99, uh, introductory price, $300. Woo-wee. Okay, so obviously Xbox wants you to play wherever you can, uh, fuzzy. But at that price point, you know, Jez, when we talked about it with him last night, you know, he thought that Microsoft is using this kind of as a testing ground for maybe their own device down the road, because Jez put out an interesting tweet yesterday, uh, paraphrasing him, but he said that really the only company that could do this at a, a reduced price point would be Microsoft and Xbox. If they came out with their own cloud-based handheld and they took out the Android part of it, and because they could obviously um, reduce the cost by taking out the Android and also cover part of the cost obviously through subscription service, Game Pass, you know, the games that people are purchasing, obviously. Mm -hmm. So he thinks that they could come out with their own device eventually as well. 
and he think he knows for a fact that they've done some internal uh, stuff. He doesn't know how far along it's ever gotten, if it's actually gotten to prototype, or if it's just been the basic upfront stuff, looking, investigating, doing some you know tech specs, uh, some write ups. Um, but fuzzy for you, number one, does the Logitech G Cloud have any you know any kind of appeal to you, uh, price point wise or otherwise, and do you think Microsoft, before the end of this generation, does do their own handheld at some point? It, it definitely has some appeal, but just not at that price point. As someone that owns the Steam Deck, about the big thing uh, with that, xCloud, through their like Edge app that's you know gaming compatible, installed on the Steam Deck, feels almost like a native app, at least on my home Wi-Fi. Um, so I, I can imagine that it's going to be a similar experience as far as uh, Game Pass being on this device. The big advantage that this has, although I can do it on my Steam Deck, I just I haven't gone through the hassle of coding in some of the, the well, putting in some of the line code as far as for the remote play. But the remote play aspect is huge. So that way it's like, okay, wife is watching TV in the room where the Xbox is currently. I rather continue playing the division. Okay, I can just go to that device and and go ahead and do that. Um, the Steam Deck being, you know, well, at least the one I got was like in the the five hundred plus range, but it, it has so much more to it where you have games on there natively as well as X Cloud or um, you know uh, Game Pass and stuff like that. But I, I think this device it had it come in at two hundred, I would have already had it pre ordered. Yeah, that's still a bit pricier than what I think that object should be for what it's doing. But at 200, it, it's a reasonable enough alternative. Like I'm, I'm not the biggest of fan of using my phone anymore. Like I do have the Razer Kishi thing that I've used with my phone, but it, it, it just I, maybe it's because I keep on. Buy, well, nowadays I buy a smaller phone than what I used to buy. I don't need a you know a, a mini tablet in my pocket type of deal, but. I, I think this has a, a, a definite place. And if Microsoft were to make their own where it is kind of a subsidized thing where it comes in at a price point somewhere between the 150 to 200 range, give or take, I, I think that would be the sweet spot to get more people on board. This product at 300 to 350, I, I think it's going to sell. I don't think it's going to sell like switch numbers, but I think it's right. going to sell well enough where Hopefully this will encourage more hardware companies to get involved and having that competition will hopefully, you know, drive the price down and then Microsoft can either partner or, or swoop in and, you know, have their hardware and, and whatnot and go in with like, Oh yeah, get it at uh one ninety nine with a, you know, a six months of game pass or something like that, or, you know, do the all access deal where basically what uh, like more than like, I guess $5 more a month than what you would pay for a game pass ultimate. You yeah. can get this device along with that type of thing. So, right. Right. I think that those types of approaches, I think will be the winning approach. Otherwise I I've always kind of wondered because uh, steam said way back at the launch of the steam deck mm -hmm. that they're willing to have that as not really open source, but kind of like a, um, uh, an open platform to the point where yes. if others want to come in and make a similar device using their schematics, they can. 
So I I I could kind of see Xbox going kind of in between a full-on streaming only type of device and something that could possibly play like let's say Xbox One games natively or something along those lines. I don't think you're going to be able to really swing uh, you know current gen stuff on it natively. I mean unless it's basically a portable uh, you know Series S, but even then I think that that price point still probably pushes it into the $400 price point. Uh, yeah. accordingly but it, it's interesting just not in my budget at the moment maybe next yeah. year holiday sales black friday or cyber monday or whatever maybe it's at 200 or less at that point and maybe i pick it up at that point but uh, right now it's a it's a, a a pass or a wait and see kind of thing for the price yeah. to drop yeah and i think that's where a lot of people are I, I think a lot of people said and we were in our dms 199 would be the sweet spot i think it would really be yeah. For cloud-only based. Go ahead, Jasper. I think there's a major problem that people are kind of, like, overlooking because they just kind of become used to it. Like, your phone, the reason you have internet on your phone, like, when you're out of nowhere, is because you have a phone service. You get LTE and, like, 5G and all that stuff. This doesn't have that. So you have to have a Wi-Fi connection. If you're on a train playing a game, you you can't use this device because you have no internet. So I think people are kind of thinking it's kind of like just a phone for games. And it's not. So I think people need to really look into this device before they buy it and make sure they have it. It's, it has a perfect scenario for them. Because for me, I have a PC in my house. I have an Xbox in my house. So that's where I'm going to play my game. It's a better experience. It's just... But, but to be fair, Jasper, right? The Switch is in the same situation, right? It doesn't but have internet You play access. those games natively and they're single player. You don't need a connection. Yeah, you don't need for the native, correct. And, and chances are you're going to be able to download some games, right, on this, some smaller games? Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to download Android, Android games. games. Android yeah. games? Okay, so that's where you're going to be based. But yeah, no, but you're A lot of those right. mobile games, too, yeah. require internet now. So, right. like, what that's mobile true. game, what mobile phone game doesn't need internet to sign in? Yeah. Candy Crush. I can't think of one. No. No, I, I think the audience for this, to me, and I could be completely wrong, but the audience to me is going to be very small. I, yeah. and, and again, Jez believes that they're not going to produce a lot. They're only releasing it in America, and I can't remember where else first. Oh, uh, Psycho, like it, you yeah. said you can use your phone's hotspot, but at that point, why not yeah. just use your phone? Right. Because like, <laughs> like, I have like a $20 clip. If I want to really play a phone game, I just clip this thing onto my phone and then clip an yeah. Xbox controller right. into it. Right. It's the same thing as this device, but just a little heavier. So, yeah, like, I just the, I, I the think, situation is so small for people for this device. It, it's a it's a convenience factor. I think it is a test bed right now, and I think it's a test bed for Tencent as well. I think that's why they're involved in this just to try to see. Um, but I do think that this is going to be a testing ground to see what the audience looks like, and maybe what they could do to get it down cheaper to a magic price point where people start actually picking it up. Cause like you said, it is going to be more of a convenience thing, Jasper. And I think Mav will talk about this here in a second as well, because that's his point for him personally, you know, his phone being used for business and I'll let him talk about that. This kind of gives him a better option. Um, and since he doesn't want to mess around so much with the steam deck, so I'll let him talk on it though. But Mav, this is obviously Microsoft expanding their accessibility, as they stated in the Xbox Wire article. They're looking at this heavily. The more places they can get xCloud, Game Pass, whatever the case may be, their ecosystem, the better for them. And again, that's why we see them you know, moving to TVs and having an app on there. They're, this is the future, right? We, we all know this. We talked about I mean, this it's a like billion Netflix. times. Get it on every device yeah. you can. <laughs> every device you can. Right? Even, even stuff that may not have the biggest audience in the world, it doesn't matter. If it's available... 
and like, you get I think somebody Minecraft locked in. is available on like a Kindle or right. some shit. So it's like right, right. You can get if you yeah. get somebody into the ecosystem and they enjoy it, even if it's on a device that eventually just being stopped being made. The chances are they're going to go look for your ecosystem elsewhere. They yeah. might become a lifelonger, right? That's what Microsoft is doing right now. For you, Matt, go ahead and explain your situation. Why this device appeals to you, even at this price point? Yeah. From your, you know, from your perspective, as somebody who does have a phone, who has a Razer Kishi, just like me, as somebody who has a Steam Deck as well. But for you, why is this appealing? Yeah. So first off, I do want to say I do think it's a high price point, right? Yeah. But yeah. because of the nature of this device in itself. That's what we're going to get because it's made by a third party. It's not made by Microsoft. It's not made by uh, Valve, right? It's not made by um, in uh, Google, right? And the people that are profiting off the services that this device is going to be providing, it's not Logitech. Logitech's got to make money on the sales of this device, right? So this device is not like in a traditional like model of like, hey, we're going to put this out there at cost or a loss, and then we're going to yes. make money on the back end. They got to make money on the sales of the device, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, yep. it's not going to have the mass appeal necessarily that other devices that are cheaper necessarily would that could be potentially come later from first party um, as well. So that's one of the reasons why it's uh, priced the way it is. And I'm personally, I, I get why that is the case. Uh, so then I look at comparisons, and Jez was saying he kind of compares it to a tablet, right? Which a tablet, unless you pay extra for broadband on a tablet, is the same situation. You take A lot of people use tablets on all those trains and all these different places as well, and they don't necessarily have connections, and they use hotspots for that too, right? It's not a big thing. Like my daughter in the backseat of our car, I turn a hotspot on my phone. She uses the tablet, right? Uh, my wife does too, right? So uh, that... She is able to play online games in the car. She's able to watch Netflix or YouTube or uh, whatever while, you know, we have hotspot on. So I would imagine that that's uh, another case. Now, for I get the whole thing for, hey, if you have a phone, you know, what's the what's the what's the point? Right. Because guess what? The fo- our phones are more powerful than this thing these days. If you if you have a new phone, right, a brand new one uh, these days, like if you have like a. Samsung Galaxy 20. Yeah, this is like 2019, 2020 phones. Yeah. Technology-wise. As far it's still better than the Switch, right? It's not like 2016 or technology (laughs) here. Um, So it does have some interesting things where it's got to find a market, right? So here's the reason why I'm interested in this. Okay. Now, maybe I'm going to wait for sale. I haven't decided yet uh, because it's 300 bucks, right? Right now, 350 later if I don't pre-order it. That's why I'm kind of weighing that right now. Is it worth diving in day one to get that $50 off? Will there be sales later? Which I think there will be because it is a for-profit device as well. So that leaves room, if it's not selling well, for them to do special deals and sales and and things. And this will also probably not be the only device that we see like this. This is the first, right? So we're going to see potentially other gaming tablets out there that are going to be released uh, from other third parties and potentially in the future first parties. And if it's first parties, it's probably going to be a little bit, a little bit more limited on the full scope of apps because it's going to be focused on one ecosystem. Right. So with, with that being said, the, one of the benefits of this is having that full breadth of scope, right. Where you have the NVIDIA, uh, well, I forget what it's called, the uh, NVIDIA service that they have on there. You have, Geoforce now. Yeah. And then you have you also have Steam Link as well from Valve. You have 
you know, have Game Pass built in. You can download the Xbox app to do console cloud streaming as well for home, right? Uh, which is something that that's I'm... why Xbox would have to do a native device. Like if Xbox can't just do an X Cloud device because you would want Android stuff and all, all that crap on there. That's the extra step to this device. Well, they have like within the Xbox itself, they have a lot of those apps built in. It's not necessarily Android based. Like yeah. I love YouTube. They have Netflix and they have all these other things. So, but I do think if they if Xbox did their own device, it would be slightly different than what we're used to on yeah. on on the regular ecosystem because it would have to be built based off of uh, tablet and like smartphone type technology, which is going to lead to different kind of architecture, different operating system, all that kind of stuff. But so if we focus on what this is for me, I'm looking at it as I have a steam deck right now and I'm not the most tech advanced guy. I've managed somehow to be able to get X cloud on there. Right. And it's a good experience. If I'm in a great spot in my house, you know, then I get a completely smooth, seamless experience on there with xCloud. However, if I want to put Xbox, if I want to put Xbox Cloud streaming like from home, where I can console stream to my Steam Deck, uh, that's a whole other process. I got to figure that out, right? I haven't even stepped into it. You got to hook, you got to hook it into your PC. You got to hook it into keyboard. You got to go do all these uh, things and uh, kind of cheat the system and stuff. And I'm not the guy that's like, I don't really understand a lot of that, right? So. I, it's difficult for me to go through that process. I managed to do it once because it was worth it for Game Pass, but then, okay, if I want to add this, I got to do it again for another thing. Then if I want to add this, I got to do it for another thing. Then if I want to do this, I got to do it for another thing. Then another thing, that's not who I am, right? Like, I'm not the person that really loves doing that stuff. I want something I can pick up and grab and play, right? And so for me, it's like, is that worth a premium price of something that's going to give me more flexibility and ecosystem and how I game? Right. So, yes, I can do that on my phone, but there's an issue on my phone because I'm always getting notifications, whether it's one thing or another. Like I'm getting uh, work messages, I'm getting phone calls, I'm getting voicemails, I'm getting uh, Twitter notifications. My phone is my business. Right. Uh, Like all the time. And I can't like ignore it. So if I'm chilling or trying to take a chill time or trying to play or whatever, um, I have to have my phone. And anything it goes off, a notification goes off, I have to check it, right? And you know how annoying it is to go in and out of that damn, like, spaceship screen every single time a notification goes off? You, you need two phones then. You need a work phone and a play phone. <laughs> so, well, that would be the thing. Okay, do I go get a phone and spend two to 300 bucks on that, or do I just get this, which is more built around the experience as a whole, right? It is a little bit more expensive than if we were to go and get a used phone, potentially, but then that's still, I'm using not built-in controllers. I'm still dealing with buying a, the Kishi on top of the phone, on top of that, right, or whatever. So for me, it's like, okay, this device, I get uh, access to a lot of the things I already do. I chill in bed at night when my wife's playing GTA still, and I play NBA 2K23 from my Xbox that's right here, sitting next to me, and I play it on my phone in bed, and I console stream, and it's a fucking amazing experience. When my notifications goes off, I'm like, fuck. I hit the little button, close it, reopen it. Now, if I had this, hey, guess what? I got my phone free. You know what I mean? I, it's no longer free. A tablet doesn't, there's no tablets that really have gaming controllers. So if I, I could, I could get like an iPad and console stream to that and have it propped up there. But it's so nice to have this like easy, just to pick up, flexible device that it's do not. Do you play not, xCloud in bed? Or do you just stream your console? I do that on the Steam Deck. Okay. Yeah, I do that on the Steam Deck because I 
spend all the time and effort to get that working. <laughs> and I will honestly tell you, though, the console streaming, it just for, for my house, whatever reason, like if I'm in the kitchen, for some reason, the xCloud and Game Pass app is flawless. But in my bedroom, that's what I was getting to. I was like, depending on what Wi-Fi chip they have in this, like the switch Wi-Fi chip is dog shit and you get no signal unless if you're right next to your router. So it's like, depending on the Wi-Fi chip set they use in this, your xCloud experience could yeah. be. So that's why I was asking great. about what, what I sent to you. Hey, how's the, what, like the, the oh, Wi-Fi's yeah, okay. and stuff on this? Because that's a big deal with this type of device. You need really good Wi-Fi. And I think that's what, how they built this device with the with the uh, with the with where they put the money, right? They didn't put the money in the power. They put the money in the in, in the screen, the, the buttons, and the in the wireless technology built the, in. The thing right? is, that wasn't that was just saying what Wi-Fi it works with, not the Wi-Fi chip, though. right? So, I, but they, it, they're they promoting it like as a, a premium cloud yeah. gaming device. So I would think they have to have make sure the Wi-Fi was top quality. Otherwise, it's pointless, right? Top quality. It has to be, <laughs> right? If it's not, could you imagine if everybody bought this and the Wi-Fi is on, it sucks? Well, we, we heard Phil, right? Phil took it to TGS, and he said even on the hotel Wi-Fi, he was good to go, right? Right. So, I, obviously, think, he's promoting it, too, as yeah. something that's reasonable to travel with and to use shitty, spotty Wi-Fi mm. elsewhere as well. So Also, so. it has a big advantage because it isn't the most powerful machine dedicated uh, which it doesn't need it because it's a mainly cloud device that uh, you get a really good battery life on there too. And the one thing about the Steam Deck, you know, mm-hmm. like the battery life on that thing sucks ass, right? I, I in order for me to really use it and get my full potential, when I play it in bed, I have it plugged into the power, right? And I mm-hmm. jack it up to ultra settings and I, I'll play like a Resident Evil, a Metal Gear Solid or something, and it just looks stunning on that thing, right? It's absolutely gorgeous. But for me, this thing is more of a, a gaming on the go convenience device that allows me to take my xbox games and any other games i own everywhere not just my steam library right and now i understand the steam deck is capable of way more right but unless you're that person that goes that extra mile it's not necessarily for the casual right so i think this has potential but it's not just with this one device but but this type of device because i think we're going to see this is just the first right uh Jess had alluded to the fact that Razer had already uh, had patents before, potentially with the, with this, um, and also other companies could be coming into uh, coming into this uh, ecosystem now of yeah, it's cloud gaming. With yeah, it's it's a it's a new thing. It's basically a tablet where you have a controller stuck onto it, right? Yeah. And and if you have that now, uh, you can have all these different third parties start making them. And and guess what? It's you're just going to have these apps put on these devices, and it's built around the the streaming device now it's only gonna have a limited potential right now with the price point that it is because it is not for everybody you have to be understanding what it is first if you buy it thinking it's a dedicated gaming like native device you're going to be disappointed it's not going to compete against steam deck in that way it's not going to compete against the switch in that way because the switch has first party (laughs) hardware all over the place uh even new yeah new new age phones can have better graphics natively on on the device this is a this is a cloud based device and you can play mobile games off of android that you can get run decently as well pretty damn good on on the thing um and there's a lot of options there to download how many mobile games are there in the the google storefront (laughs) right i mean there's tons of stuff you can play on this thing natively and i do see that people say well it's not a nate you can't play your games natively you can play games there's thousands of games you can download and install and play natively on this device 
people keep pairing it to X Cloud, and they want to talk about native Xbox games. You're not gonna like see if a native Xbox handheld device is going to cost how much seven hundred dollars, six hundred dollars to get something like as powerful as a Series S in a handheld scope. Like I, I mean, maybe well, like Jez says, it's probably not even possible right now. Right, like you, the you know Steam much... Deck is technically not as powerful as a. As yeah. a and and why put the that investment in that right now when the future of gaming in the future going forward is cloud and the technology is only going to improve and networks and infrastructure. Of, of That's all. why I don't see Microsoft making it. They've learned from Zune and their fitness watches and Windows Phone. They're done making those kind of small devices and try to compete with that market. They'll just put their service on other devices that are already out there. It, but if they okay, so. If if this it does sell well and they feel like they could potentially find a mar- a market for a device like that, I think they could potentially do one just because they're they know that they can get the price point lower and they're going to make more money off the back end of the of those. I just think they've too many times trying to compete with random tech markets that are niche like that and just possibly, you know, and it and makes they, but but it but it does make sense, Jasper. From a standpoint, if they brand, if they get the worldwide mindshare that they're going for, right? If they get everywhere and they they open up the markets in the east and they get much more competitive over in Europe and all that kind of stuff, it does make sense from the perspective of having your own branded device out there carry you know carry that momentum forward, promoting your the the promoting the tech that you're most heavily invested in for the future, right? To have your own device out there that has an Xbox on there, to have, that has Xbox branding on it, saying this is our premium xCloud <laughs> Game Pass device, right? It makes sense from a marketing standpoint to do something like that if you can pull it off. And I think that, that if they get comfortable enough, I think it's still possible. Look, we know that they're doing a streaming stick or some kind of streaming box of TVs. We know that they're working on that. We know that's probably going to be coming out in the next couple of years. So the handheld device, as it says in the Xbox wire is the next evolution for X cloud. So it would make sense to have your own eventually, I, you know, again, by I don't the end think of the it's generation, like close, maybe. right. Yeah. Huh? I don't think it's yeah. close. I think when, the, no. when the tech gets there and stuff and they realize yeah. that, Hey, we can release this thing at a really good price point and it has a, a chance at having a mass market appeal. And we've already seen these other devices that have done the testing for us, and we kind of know what to expect in the market and everything. They could potentially try and grow the market with them, within themselves because Game Pass at that point is going to be so damn strong, I believe, that you're going to have a subscription service that is going to have, whatever, they're probably at 30 million roughly, I would assume right now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to potentially, four or five years from now, who knows, you could be upwards of, 80 to 100 million uh, after all these games launch uh, that we know is coming over the next few years. It's just so hard, though, to like if they would have to get in the market now, it's so hard to come in the market late and get people to buy devices because if they already have devices, they're not just going to go out and buy a new one. Yeah, but anytime you have a good price point is welcoming to anybody on uh, you know what i mean and also this is going to go in like okay every couple years these things are going to be replaceable every two years because there's not going to be anything special about the ecosystem within it it's just it's just the device that you're on so people can be upgrading these things every few years just like they do with tablets you know fuzzy what were you gonna say oh i was gonna say that the easiest approach for them would be instead of worrying about building it themselves is just partner kind of like what they did with the uh the bang and olfson uh you know headphones just Maybe I I know it's you know Logitech and Tencent with this particular one, yeah. but maybe in a year or so they go back and say, "Well, make an Xbox version, have it where it's in black and green, or or something along those lines," and it'll be like you know an official Xbox licensed product or compatible product. 
And then at that point, it sold on the Xbox store. It's sold at Microsoft stores and things like that. And, you know, they, they have it where you can do the all access via that particular product, um, you know, subsidized kind of like through just having, you know, Game Pass subscription where it's like, all right, well, Game Pass is going to cost you $15 a month. How about you get this for $19.99 a month or something like where it's $5 more for, for two years and you get basically uh, the device and, you know, Game Pass all included, plus your login will allow you to, you know, cloud stream any of your mm-hmm. Xbox games that you own via xCloud, that, that new service where they're, you know, working on in the background now for, for games that aren't in Game Pass type of deal. But, or um, or yeah. fuzzy or fuzzy when Microsoft buys valve, then they mm. have their VR and they have their steam deck and they can just turn it into Xbox VR and Xbox <laughs> De- the Xbox steam deck. Yeah. <laughs> it all works out. Yeah. And I'll throw this out there as well. The whole 10 cent thing. Listen, the old saying, keep your enemies closer. Now that Sean Layden's on board at 10 cent, you saw Phil hit him up on Twitter instantaneously and congratulate mm-hmm. him on that move. Don't doubt for a minute. They've already made deals with Tencent. We already know that. Xbox has made some deals in the East for Tencent for some mobile stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Don't doubt now with Sean Layden on board that Phil isn't uh, picking up the phone more often and talking to Tencent about what's going on and, and trying to keep an eye on the uh, <laughs> on that uh, big bad beast over there. So yeah. I don't doubt it for a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, man, I... I honestly, like, I'm talking, the more I think about it, the more I talk myself into getting this. The only aspect is, like, there, I know there will be more devices like this in the future, and, like, if this is going to be the best one. Or... Once this is out, there will be, like, I'm assuming this is being made in China, and once it's made there, there'll be companies just knock off, so. Yeah. yeah. The prices, because they're going to have a third-party competition around here, is going to potentially lead the market price down over time. Yeah, but well once, it's, so. per, once the production specs get out in China, they'll just have third-party knockoffs like crazy, so. Yeah. And then you'll be able to find one for ninety eight uh, ninety nine or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, it's a new kind of device, right? In some ways. Basically a tablet with controls, gaming controls on it. Mobile gaming. Yeah, it's, a, is big... it's, a, it's a phone with Joy-Cons glued on. I, I would think mobile gamers that really enjoy mobile gaming could just actually find interest in this also. You know what I mean? I know they're used to playing on their phones, but like if they say, okay, well, cool, mobile games without having to use my phone, I think you could have some people just be like, okay, cool, I'm going to check that out. It's not, it is pricey for if you compare it to Steam Deck and other things like that, but the types of games that it has are just different than than that as well, right? So you could potentially have a different market there, a different type of gamer that's like, okay, I'm willing to fork over 300 bucks to get into that ecosystem. $300 is, say, is expensive, right, Uh, for a device like this. But then we look at the Switch. Honestly, for the number is, one handheld gaming, the number one gaming device period is the Switch. It's three hundred bucks, three fifty for the OLED. It has not dropped in price once since it's released, and it's based on old ass tech, way inferior to this. The only the advantage it has is the Nintendo games, right? So um, it's just gonna be interesting to watch for sure. Uh, maybe you'll have uh, that. All these people, when they're, you know, the Ubisoft Forward and the D23 Expo, all the mobile games they kept showcasing us to kind of like market it at that it. audience. Maybe. Maybe. It'll be too powerful. You sure? <laughs> it's new mobile games. <laughs> Those new I mobile mean, games look like as good as an Xbox One yeah, console game. <laughs> mobile games got to run on devices that are older than two years, right? New mobile games. If they, if they marketed mobile games to like 
only brand new phones, and that would be like really limiting your the market, right? Mortal won't work on this thing. It won't. Nope. For sure. Uh-oh. That's what Jez said in his article. That's interesting. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, I I would hope so. I would hope it would, but we'll see. You know, uh, if it minimum specs of Diablo Immortal for phones is more than like three year old phones. That'd be pretty shitty. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the case. I'll take Jess's word for it, though. I don't want to... Well, it kind of uh, makes sense. I mean, look at how much money they made off of uh, microtransactions. It's like, those are the people that are going to have the, the latest and greatest phones. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody here in the chat have a phone older than 2020 that is playing Diablo Immortal? That's 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 a question I got to ask, right? I that, fire well, yeah, because I fired up the I fired up Diablo Immortal on my Note Eight when I saw it my Note Eight. Okay, how does this compare to the Note Eight, Jasper? The, yeah, that's what I'm going to look up. Yeah, yeah, because I did fire it up and it worked. So interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move. Uh, last last topic, guys. Uh, Xbox 2023. I'm going to go into a little bit of that because it's been a. Uh, a topic of conversation based on the list of games that were rumored to have been the slate for 2023 originally, um, or actually even 2022. What was Grub's list? Was it 2022 or 2023? It was 2023. Okay. So initially, Xbox had a wide slate for 2023, like a, a large slate rumored. Um, I would take this with a grain of salt. However, um, it was a pretty damn impressive list. And uh, we don't know exactly where they're going to be at some of those games, but uh, with knowing that Starfield and Redfall and and Forza Motorsport are all supposed to be coming out next year, because they your were... Note Eight's better than this, is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, wow, and the Note Eight was what year, Jasper? That was twenty seventeen, I think. Yeah, for like five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So this. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, all right, so with 2023, I'm thinking that how many first-party releases? This is where I want to ask. How many first-party releases are we getting from Xbox in 2023? Are we talking AAA or are we talking smaller stuff too? Well, the smaller stuff can be surprises. Like we got Pentiment and stuff like that. I'm talking about big AAA. Big AAA. For next year. Next year. And first-party only, not second-party, no... No second like party that. counts, like contraband counts, okay. right? Con- okay. Contraband okay. would count. I think, you know, um, Stalker 2. Sta- Stalker 2 would count. Well, no, that's not really, because that's not published by Microsoft. Okay. You know, the thing, the difference is contraband is actually being published by Microsoft. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What is the other game that they did that was like a contraband? There's another one that they announced that was a partnership game. Oh, uh, the IO. You talk about the Forex strategy one? Yeah. Okay. So what's Ara that? Or error, whatever. Ara, yeah, whatever yeah. the heck it one so is. That's not. Is yeah. that coming? That's coming to console, right? Yeah. Y'all consider yeah. that AAA? It's a four-time strategy game. I mean, I, like, uh, I think it's for me, it's big AA. budget, so it's yeah. probably AAA. It's big budget for strategy, so yeah, it's <laughs> primarily a, a focus on PC players, but it's coming to console, right? Um. So, what? What? Yeah, I'm wondering what other games we're gonna see because I, I think those three are the given. Right, Starfield, Forza, Redfall, as we can hopefully expect. But they had to have already had plans for 2023 before this, before these games got pushed into there. And I can't believe that Forza Motorsport was their sole game they had planned for 2023, right? So, <laughs> Avowed, 
Um, that was on the list. Y'all think of potential there? Because a lot of us thought it could have even been this year. Isn't the latest rumors that's been getting reworked? Yeah. It's supposedly been reworked twice, but previously they just, the, the biggest thing was that they were moving to Unreal 5 and that yeah. was just came out yeah, this yeah. year. So they got to convert everything over to Unreal 5. Look, I, I went back and forth in the DMs on this. And I, Look, I'd love to sit here and say eight. I'd love to sit here and say eight. And I think that the potential is for eight next year. Mm-hmm. The outside chance potential is eight. I think realistically, I think we get six. I think yeah. I think we wind up with six. Now, I get completely wrong. Rand and Jez both are not comfortable with next year outside of the big three. Rand, I think today on the Xbox 2, I think he had... Five, I think four or five come out. So I'm going to say six because I think you get, I think you get obviously Redfall, Motorsport, Starfield for sure. And then I do think that Avowed is ready. And I think that's the holiday game. I think Hellblade 2 gets pushed to spring of 2024. That's going to be the most polished game that Xbox has coming out. Hellblade 2 is going to set the bar for everything much like Naughty Dog's games do for Sony. So I think they're going to give them the extra time to have that thing absolutely pristine. They're giving all their teams time, but I think Hellblade 2 gets pushed to 2024. Obviously, you know, Perfect Dark, Fable are both 2024, 2025 at the earliest. I think that Everwild is 2025 at the earliest. Mm -hmm. I'm just going down his list. So I think we get Avowed, and I think we get Contraband next year. Mm -hmm. And I think that we get either in exiles or compulsions next game next year. I know Rand today said compulsions game. He thinks is going to be ready first next year. I personally think in exile with how active they've been on Twitter, how yeah. upbeat they have been. I think in exile is close. And I think that they are getting like itchy right now to talk about it. And so I think in exile is next year as well. And then I think, I don't know if you count this one, Mav, but I think that this would be number seven. So those are my six big ones. And then I think Coalition's smaller game could yeah. be ready next year as well. Yeah. But I don't know if you count that in here because it is a smaller product. We don't, but really they, know we don't, we don't know what smaller is to them. Yeah, you know we, what don't I mean? know. Like we don't know anything. So, right. um, also, so six or seven, depending on how you count. Like I'll, I'll list the games that they had mentioned that was originally slated potentially for 2023. Okay, And that was Avowed. Uh, and this is rumors again avowed fable which that's not happened 2023 i couldn't foresee that at all right uh perfect dark potentially but i think not as well right no 2024 Uh, ever wild maybe (laughs) no no push that out right (laughs) yeah um and hellblade 2 um who knows? We've seen most. We've seen more of that than any of the. I any think of the that games. sends a better chance, honestly, right? of any other thing. Um, it seems like we've seen a lot of good stuff from the development of that game constantly. They're we constantly seen updating any real gameplay, though. Yeah, we have. Yeah, at the uh, well, that was game gameplay, awards. but not in, in ja- engine. Jasper's whatever talking about action, like yeah. real. Like we haven't seen like someone holding a controller or whatever, and like just walking through the world. It's been kind of like the cinematic stuff, you know. It's but like, there whatever. was. A- there was control, like, in part of that gameplay we saw at the Game Awards, they were actually controlling, like... Didn't it say it was, like, in-engine rendered, though, or whatever? No, there was gameplay. They said it was actual gameplay. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, you could see the cuts from when it would go from the cinematic to the, like, mm-hmm. the stutter or whatever when she would throw the uh, 
Yeah. Uh, the spike at the at the big baby or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I forgot too. Quake. Quake reboot next year as mm, well. So yeah. that, that put me at about eight. If that eight. happens. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Hellblade two, uh, which Grub said, I think he he had said that that's his one of his most likely from this list that could hit uh, next year, like holiday, fall, whatever. Um, then there's Contraband, uh, In Exiles game, Compulsions game, and the and the Coalitions game. So here's the thing: we don't know what In Exiles game is, but we know it's big, mm-hmm. right? We don't know what Compulsions next game is, but we know that there's a lot of excitement internally about it, right? Because they keep talking about how excited they are about what Compulsions doing right now. Um, I think and- Obsidian's the surprise choice. I think there's probably some smaller projects they're working on that they could just drop because well, they, they're working on five games. They said but, they wanted to release one a year at starting yeah. start to get one out a year, right? So Grounded is this year, right? Avowed yeah. would be next Pentiment, year. Pentiment, Pentiment and Grounded. Year. Yeah, Pentiment. Yeah, Avowed would be potentially next year then. Yes, yeah. And then maybe the next year after that we see something else from them, another project. Outer Worlds too. We know Outer Worlds and Avowed. I'm thinking there's probably another smaller project that they're just drop next year. And they yeah. push Avowed and Outer World, but right. Um, yeah, even if Grub said that some of these games no longer pass the smell test. Like I, yeah. I agree. Like Fable, Perfect Dark, Everwild, no. you know. Uh, but I, ones I have, I could potentially foresee would be would be Avowed, would be Hellblade Two, would be Contraband, would be In Exile's game. I think that was probably also twenty twenty four more than likely, but I still, you never know because it hasn't officially been announced yet. And compulsions game and coalitions game, like there's what is that's like one, two, three, four, five, six possibilities, right? So maybe mm-hmm. one of those, if it, even one of those hits next year, then you're looking at a year with four big AAA games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not including any other possible third party relationship type games, uh, where uh, I believe that they had also said as a possibility you could see. Um, like that certain affinity game come out next year or, or something else, right? So, um, hmm, who, who knows? Games, yeah. There's a Wolfenstein somewhere. Yeah. 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 Like I said, there's a Quake reboot from ID somewhere. We know this. It's coming. Project Mara. Yeah, yeah. And, Project Mara. And a lot of the internals on this probably come from a time when they weren't really slating the Bethesda Zenimax games. Yeah, yeah. Right. They probably didn't. They probably didn't want to even talk about them. Right. Right. So you're talking about Quake at that point, and like you Bethesda said, likes to well, do that. We announced it this year. We drop it yeah. this year. So, yeah. And Zenimax Online has been making a new game for quite a few years now already as well. So, there's a lot of stuff. Like I said, this is all without ABK too. That's why yeah. I said Diablo will count towards that if where the deal gets closed see, by the time that's then, released. Then you're talking about pushing eight, nine, and I don't think that they hold. Look, this year was this year was terrible. They gotta make it up. I, I said if they can average six to seven for oh, the yeah. next three I years, just said Minecraft Legends. We yeah, Minecraft Legends yeah. too. <laughs> if they, if they can average six to seven over the next three years, that's going to be one hell of a run. If we get 20, 20 plus games over the next three years, it's going to be crazy. I just want, I just want them to have such a crazy year that it's just going to yeah. shit all over all those narratives that have been spewed out right. the last couple, and right. then and we that, can just. And say, I think that Phil kind of wants that too. Yeah, I think Agent wants to have this like feast. You know what I mean? But they can't release everything and leave nothing for 2024. Also, no, right? but they so, have they have so much that that's not going to happen. Exactly, <laughs> and it's going to be crazy. Themselves kind of to the number that Pong was saying with six. I mean, every other month of having a, yeah. a big, you know, first yeah. party or or second mm-hmm. party deal release 
Plus, you know that, like you said, they're going to probably have some third-party deals mixed in there. Game Pass. some double A. So it's like you don't want to overwhelm your player base to the point where they just look at this big list of new games and, like, I have nothing to play because I don't know which one to start. Yeah. But, but Fuzzy, I think it does change. And Alvin's right. MS doesn't give a crap about releasing games on top of each other. He Mm. With Game Pass, that's changed now, Fuzzy. With Game Pass, it doesn't matter. You find your genre, you play whatever you want to play. <laughs> and you have those games want to play. all the time. Yeah. Well, also, invested in the ecosystem nonstop. If, if you had like three huge games drop at the same time, you know how many people would subscribe? Right. That's, yeah. It would just create so much damn buzz. Be I like, mean, Holy shit, Game Pass! Even like $210 worth of games this month! $15. Activision doesn't even really give a fuck about releasing like similar games because Overwatch comes out in October and Call of Duty comes out in October. Two Activision games, two first-person shooters, so it's like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, so they fit the family perfectly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I just, we're, we're in for like a really damn good ride here the next few years i think and like i've seen so much conversation about like well microsoft is bad for the acquisition of activision blizzard because of quality and that microsoft just makes low quality games that they just want to put out fodder and and push microtransactions and and that's what we don't want them to acquire all these different studios but it's so fucking stupid and ignorant to the fact of everything they've been doing um the last couple years all the all the all the studios they've acquired, all all of the projects they've kicked off, all of the investment into the studios that they've acquired, growing them all. Uh, oh, and, murder! And, here, yeah. <laughs> and, and investing in new projects, allowing these studios to release things they never would have got the opportunity to otherwise, such as a game like Pentiment as well. This is not bad for gaming. This is not bad for the industry. In fact, I can make a strong argument. That it could potentially, holy shit, uh, be the <laughs> be the best thing for gaming. Like it, just as a consumer, right? As a consumer, and not only as a as a consumer, but for the company itself, because what happened, obviously, in entertainment industries and all that, and music industries, there's a reason they have all shifted to this model, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason they've shifted all to this model, and uh, it's changed the industries. And gaming was always slated to be next. Right, it was just the last to get there because the technology to get there was the hardest to achieve. We're to that point. We're to that point now, right? Um, people were not complaining back in the day when you could get a GameFly subscription or a Blockbuster subscription, saying it's bad for the industry, right? Nobody was complaining about that shit. Like the fact that you can pay a price, you can play as much as you want, is not going to destroy the gaming industry. It's only going to allow these companies that are invested in to actually do this properly to be able to fund more projects and more games to fulfill those libraries, right? For us to be able to play those damn games. And we're seeing the fruits of that now it's within sustainable. within all of the damn yeah, all right, Sean. Sean Layden. <laughs> all, right, all of the investments from all of the uh acquisitions and, and all these games, we're seeing the fruits of that. Now the game's gotta come out. Right, the proof has got to be in the pudding when we actually get to play these damn games that we've been talking about for all this time. But to actually think that all of these damn projects are all going to get canceled and all going to be in development hell and are not going to be released is just asinine and absolutely ridiculous to think. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's what they're putting this painting this picture of. If Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard, that's what's going to happen to them. 
And it's like, come on, holy Ma- shit. Mav, Mav, the other thing people are forgetting about when they talk about this stuff, they're so intellectually dishonest. Yeah. Microsoft cannot just pump out games that are 60 meta and expect people to continue to subscribe yes. to their service. Why did Amazon just go spend a billion dollars on one season of Ring of Power? They know better that you can't do that. Disney can't just throw out garbage onto Disney Plus and well. expect people to stay. Listen, we could talk about that. You already know my opinion on this, Jasper. You already know. My, but what I'm saying is the quality. I'm talking about the production quality. value. They can't just give garbage and expect people to continue to subscribe. Microsoft and Phil, everybody there knows you have to put out quality, especially from your first party. That's why they're giving all these team teams all this extra time and we can have arguments all day long about whether or not halo infinite should have come out when it did or whatever the case may be the fact is they still took their number one ip one of the most iconic ips in the entire industry and delayed it for a year when they needed it for the the beginning of a new generation (laughs) right at any other given moment microsoft and xbox would have forced that thing out the door to be there at launch for the series x and series s Bar nothing, they would have launched that thing broken. Okay, just to say that they had Halo at launch. That's what they would have done in the past. They have now gone back and said, no, we are now about quality. We know internally they've looked at Sony's games, their first-party games, The Last of Us 2, and said, what makes this game so special? They want their studios making quality. This is what drives me absolutely insane about these people still out here spewing this nonsense. There is nothing that says Microsoft, who is investing $70 billion in one purchase, is all of a sudden going to get cheap with their games. Or all of a sudden <laughs> going to tell their de- developers, hey, you got three years, do your best, get it out the door. That's the exact opposite of what we are currently seeing. That's why you're all sitting back going, where's the game? Why do we have no games in 2020? Well, you get six years for the next Call of Duty instead of right, two. <laughs> right. You could have forced Starfield out this year. You mm-hmm. could have done that. But they didn't do that. They gave them another extension to get it right. No, Microsoft is doing the opposite of what all these clowns are saying. They're actually taking quality control seriously now. They actually know that their first-party titles have to take advantage of the series consoles, have to be some of the best-looking games, best-playing games out there, because that's how you make a brand like PlayStation. That's how you do that. That's how you... Take Xbox Game Pass and xCloud to the next level when people drop in there and say, holy shit, we just got eight games this year from first party, and they're all freaking ridiculously good. Now, not everybody's going to agree. Everybody's going to have their favorites. Not everybody's going to like every single game that comes out. That doesn't matter. If you can sit back at the end of the day and say every single one of those games had the quality control in place that we allowed those devs to do their best work ever, then that's you got to be satisfied with that. And that's exactly what Microsoft and Xbox are going to do. This nonsense narratives that they take the past Xbox and transplant it to nowadays, ignoring all the evidence that we have to the contrary and saying, no, it's just going to be the same. We're going to get a bunch of 60 fodder, Game Pass fodder. That's all (laughs) they're going to freaking do. That's not what they're doing. That's They're they're investing more into this industry than any other company out there right now. Bar none, bar ten cent. It doesn't matter. The gamers don't out- want that. They don't want them to invest in gaming. Apparently, right? Pong? Right. Right. Why? This. Why do not? Why do people not want Microsoft to invest in gaming? Because you're taking they, my games. They know that if if a Microsoft that's all in 
with the the finances or the pockets that they have, it, it it's going to destroy their their favorite platform. That it, it there's no doubt about it. I mean, if you match dollar for dollar, there's no way to compete. I mean, it, it, it's it's just I I get a, a a chuckle out of every time I hear about the whole quality thing, and it's like, all right, I have both systems. I bought Horizon Forbidden West day one. It was probably the most broken game I've played in the past two years. Absolutely. First five minutes. The 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 companion that's following Fuzzy, you're around, lying. Yarl, yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, no, it's it's like the, the companion that follows you around was swimming in the water and he's stuck there and I can't access or, or interact with anything because he's in the pond that's a mile away. It's like I had to restart the game from scratch because of that. Oh, well, let's see. We got microtransactions that didn't appear during the review process for Gran Turismo. Now, bear in mind, I still play the game, but how do you like let them slide with that? Or how do you let them slide with the fact that, you know, they advertise that you'll be able to sell cars in the game and it's still you can't sell cars in the game. It's almost it, what is it like six months now? Well, that's part for the now? course with them now. We still don't have factions. That was advertised as coming with Last of Us. Yeah, it, it, you would think they'd get sued for false advertisement at some point. It, no, because <laughs> their fan base isn't going to do that. It, it, to to just, be fair, Halo also said it was going to have split screen co op. True, true. <laughs> right? But it's like they, they only like can't you can't <laughs> only pick on Xbox for yeah. for missing the mark on stuff when when the platform that you quote unquote prefer is doing the same damn crap. It it, it just it boggles my mind. But you know. It's such people a, turn a blind eye to their favorite stuff. So. It's a narrow vision on like a focus, right? It's like this is the only thing that matters to me. Everything outside of it is bullshit, right? And everything outside of it is bad. And mm-hmm. if somebody's trying to like influence what I like, then that's bad. So you got all these people <laughs> that are like, okay, gaming is PlayStation. If, if you're not a PlayStation gamer, you're not a gamer. I mean, it's actual people that actually think this kind of stuff out there, right? Like, um, why would you play on anything besides PlayStation? You had people going in to buy Xboxes at GameStop and last generation. They'd be like, why would you get an Xbox? No, buy this PlayStation instead, right? Like, all these different things. And it's been happening for so damn long, right? And Microsoft is investing to turn that around. Right, you're right. Microsoft needs to buy GameStop so they can just remove <laughs> all the PlayStation's. They, well, they invested in the GameStop. They they, they uh, gave them a, like pretty much a charity handout almost, like to, to help them out. Yeah, but that they uh, they're doing so much to find their way to compete. Right, it doesn't have to match PlayStation's model. It has to fit with what's going to work with what Microsoft has, and they're focus and their strengths are microsoft's focus and strengths are on software services and subscriptions right so when they started transitioning this model and like okay well what are we going to do to save xbox how how is phil going to come up with an idea to save xbox to to get microsoft behind the brand to create an investment into this thing that he loves that we all love that gamers in general, how many fans of different franchises out there from Xbox are there? How much positive things has Xbox added to gaming? How many things were they first to implement that other services ended up copying? Several. Several. They have influenced the industry over and over and over again. 
they got down because they lost their focus on what mattered the most. They went back down to the roots and figured out how do we save this. They listed out the lines. Phil did it on stage. This is what he's going to do. He still didn't have the full support of Microsoft at that point when he listed those things. He started checking off those boxes. Then he convinced Microsoft to give him the full support, get rid of the naysayers, give him the full support. They got heavily invested. He convinced them that this makes sense for the company. It makes sense for the company's future, not just Xbox, but Microsoft's future. It makes sense to grow into the entertainment industry, into the gaming industry, and become a force like they've never been before. People don't like that because it's Microsoft, right? Because of Microsoft's past. Microsoft is flexing their muscles to inject their vision of what the industry should be onto the other companies, right? And people don't like that. PlayStation gamers don't like Microsoft making them look bad making their expensive stuff look like it's a bad deal all of a sudden. Like, no, it's great to be PlayStation. We we deserve to be able to pay more for our shit, right? Because they tell us that it's good, and I believe it with my whole heart that it's better because they told me so and because I like these third-person action-adventure games, and they're amazing, right? Well, guess what? There's so many more different damn games out there to play, and other than money had it exclusives, and third-person action-adventure games, and there's a lot of things that are better on an Xbox than they are on a PlayStation. Number one, the controller. Number two, first-person shooters. Number three, (laughs) RPGs. Not JRPGs, unfortunately. Not yet. Uh, Eventually, hopefully, one day. Online. Party chat. People to talk to. (laughs) People to actually talk to to play (laughs) multiplayer fucking games. Game Pass is number one, though, and how they've injected this and actually put value into our hands with first-party games, day one, and they're never going to leave the service. Something that PlayStation, again, has said that gamers don't deserve first-party games day one. Those uh, subscription services are for old games. Meanwhile, they're putting third-party games on their service day one. They just refuse to do their own or even recent after release because guess what? They want to sell that game at $70 for as long as possible, right? There's so many damn reasons why Xbox is changing the game industry for the good and people just ignore it because it doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit the stuff that they've been saying for the last 10 years. It doesn't fit everything that they've uh, been preaching or the the fucking, uh, like Pong says, the... Uh, intellectually dishonest conversations they've been leading, misquoting articles, spreading misinformation on purpose for toxicity, to stoke the chat, to get more clicks, to get more views. You see that still happening now. People flip-flop just for fucking clicks and and stuff. And it's just, like, so strange, dude. It's just such a weird culture to have to hate something so much that is for... It's fucking gaming. Right, they have to hate something so much that you are out there and you just try and spread fucking misinformation and negativity about something because there's a chance you're not going to get marketing rights and free DLC and exclusive fucking modes on a franchise. That is the stupidest thing ever. And for one game to potentially get wrapped around this whole conversation of an acquisition of this magnitude is just lunacy. It is like the most ridiculous thing I've seen from like big business and government regulation period across any industry to focus on 
one thing. It's like when Disney bought Star Wars. Oh, my God. If Disney buys Star Wars, guess what? Nobody's going to be able to get Star Wars unless it's Disney. You know what? I know Pong hates that shit, but guess what happened, right? I was just going to say, well, they did ruin it, but. Well, <laughs> hold on now. But, like, what is there still competition in the entertainment industry because the biggest franchise in entertainment got bought? Yeah. Is, do we still have Netflix? Do we Look, still have the DOJ Amazon tried Prime? to block Fox, right? They tried to block the Fox deal, right? So, again, nothing happened. There's still competition, even though Disney got Fox, to your point. Yeah, there's still competition <laughs> everywhere. One franchise not being even being on. Fuck them. Don't even give them Call of Duty no, at this point. See, they PlayStation don't deserve it. fucks them so good, they just don't want to leave that good fucking behind. <laughs> I, I, for the PlayStation fans, I... I I, I don't mean this towards PlayStation fans that are just like, oh, I prefer playing on PlayStation and I want Call of Duty. I'm saying for all the fucking assets out there that keep saying that like this deal should be blocked because I'm afraid of losing Call of Duty or like that Microsoft's going to ruin gaming and, and all this bullshit, fuck it. Fuck them. Keep Call of Duty exclusive. I don't care anymore. I don't even like exclusives, period. But I'm just so sick of the bullshit out there that I just want them to rub it in their face at this point. I want them to get COD and just like... Seven years from now, once that deal is done, whatever, I just want them to have a marketing campaign out the ass. It just says Call of Duty exclusive, Call of Duty exclusive, Call of Duty exclusive. I don't have to fucking release songs on Xbox. Release songs about it. Call of Duty exclusive. <clears throat> Fuck you, everybody else. Call of Duty exclusive. <laughs> Xbox, Game Pass, Call of Duty exclusive. <laughs> like, there's been so much stupid shit about one gaming franchise potentially being exclusive to to uh, one gaming company when it's meanwhile sony has the exclusive content for it <laughs> final fantasy is one of the biggest gaming franchises in gaming history xbox doesn't get the new games right but, but what's a playstation player's response to that it's like go buy a playstation right yeah right. well go buy an xbox or sign up to a one dollar subscription for three months and then you can uh, get after that 14.99 you can play it on whatever fucking device you want exactly. right you can get it on your Logitech G Cloud. I think they should have named that the G Spot. I think it would have sold more. Oh. <laughs> no one could find it. Oh. Oh. I, I can get Asper. it. I go, hey, babe, I found the G Spot. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's just so much stupid stuff out there. It's just getting irritating to see the talking points and the regulators running with it because they don't know any better. And then the these people, I'm going to read this one here, right? Xbox is the worst case scenario given their history of a low quality garbage catalog of games and destroying <laughs> franchises. PlayStation is fighting to save gaming from Xbox, forcing its low quality microtransaction riddled model on even more gamers. Well, fuck you. I hope you don't get Call of Duty. Okay. Enjoy your 12 games as a service from Jim Ryan when they come out. Yeah. Didn't one of them already close down? I don't know. Did they? The the whole isn't that that square thing the what was the game that just recently oh yeah played? no that wasn't a game that wasn't yeah one of that's them, just yes. a third party <laughs> deal Babylon Falls or whatever the hell it was that's yeah. a platinum disaster right there yeah that's, that was yeah but it was exclusive on PlayStation it was yeah well here let me ask I got a question for you here would you rather have a scale bound incident where the game got canceled before it was released or spend seventy dollars on a game and then it be canceled a year after it released and then you well, not even be able to play that game canceled before you know, I don't want to spend the money on something that that's why I don't want Xbox to go back to platinum. Platinum can just yeah. go fuck themselves. At, at this point, point after keeps... Babylon's Fall, I'm saying fuck You're Platinum. You're so wrong, Jasper. <laughs> after Babylon's Fall, man, I don't know, dude. They fucking, that's the worst thing I've seen from a publisher. Bro. 
you know it's a 50-50. They're a home run hitter. That's all they are. They're yeah. a power hitter. Either you get something good or you get a strikeout. But that's that, the way it is. There, no, people no. will not even be able to play this game. Correct. It was, that's why GameStop is giving it away. It's It was $70. <laughs> it was $70. And a year later, people yep. will not less be than able, a year. Less than a year less later, year. people are not going to be able to play this game. Right. That is absolutely insane to me that a game that was marketed like that was on the PlayStation, like advertising was at the square E3 show, like thing they had last year, all these different things is basically just thrown in the trash after a year, you know, and removing access for people that have bought it. That's crazy. I, I don't know. Somehow man, demolition all-star still survives. Can, I mean, can there be a class action lawsuit against something like that? Or is it in that stupid uh, terms and service when you uh, hit Probably click terms of service, terms of service. Yeah. That's just absolutely crazy, dude. Um, but yeah, Do I you, mean, hmm. like they can't make like some offline mode for that or something. Like, is it just, Nope. I, that's always online games. So, and it failed and they're just pulling it. It, bleeding, you can't look, have look like at what, a okay. fucking server in a back room that just runs it for that one person. <laughs> nope. You're on mute. They did, I don't even think they did that for uh, Gravity Rush or the rigs, the their VR uh, one that they closed down a while back either. Hmm. Yeah, look at what Xbox did with Bleeding Edge. That game kind of failed, right? Still running. It's still got support. Yeah, it's still supporting. Like they're not going to back back out of that, right? So like, you got to if you release something, you got to stand behind the product, right? One hundred percent. It's like the company might as well have gone out of unless that company's out of business. They got to support the product, yeah, right? Even when companies go out of business, they still have servers run sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, like, it, there, there's no way that they should be able to actually get away with that. I, I think it, it's. I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to me. But besides the besides that fact, wow, I, the Xbox has got a lot coming in the next couple of years, guys, and we're in store for a shit ton. And the false narratives out there are, are ignorant. And either either people, either these people are actually this dumb or ignorant, or or they are being dishonest about the information they're trying to portray, or they're just jaded in that much and they hate Xbox. You're muted, <laughs> You're muted, Pong. Oh, I said they're actors. They're just yeah. acting, acting in a lot yeah. of cases. Bad for the audience. That's all they're doing. For Bad their actors. audience. What they built their platform on. Hmm. Spewing hate, drama, and nonsense. That's what they built their drama. That's what they built. Yeah. So they keep going. And of course, no I, what. I'm being sarcastic with the Call of Duty thing. I don't really yeah. want it to be exclusive. But I, I just, like, at, at this point, like, I think Xbox, the more that uh, they get it back at them right now, the more likely they're going to be becoming aggressive towards the competition. Right. I so, hope every Xbox game that comes to PlayStation, they charge them seventy on it and charge them sixty on Xbox. Just fuck yeah. it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I almost want to see uh Crying Lion Jim Dantoon's run and say <laughs> yeah. one more thing and then they go and buy Square just to rip up the contracts on Final Fantasy <laughs> Yeah. And like like Nick says, people have a right to be concerned. I, I agree with that. Like the twenty twenty two sucked, you know, but but I can't ignore the facts of what we know. And that's what people are doing. Right. Like people ignore the facts of what we know is coming. And when they're making these arguments and talking about these discussions, they they ignore the fact of all the projects that are in development, all the games that have been announced, all the year games that have been in years in development. They ignore all of these different things and act like it doesn't exist. 
right? All that exists is what's here now. I mean, a lot of people, it's, they don't know because they don't really look into it. These so people know. They're ignorant. And then the people that do know, they're just dishonest about it, like you were saying. Right, so and they're spreading like, that information yeah. to the ignorant, right? They, yeah. and, and they're taking that, they're taking that, that as the truth. And that's the yeah. problem. You know what I mean? And that's why I don't like the uh, creators out there that spread bullshit and misinformation that know better, right? That twist, that twist headlines and stuff like that. And, and, and for the sake of viewership, right. And, and stuff. And, and there's a lot of that that goes on. Um, I think it's bad for the community. That's bad for gaming more than it's actually Microsoft and, and uh, whatever they do with COD. You know what I mean? Because you're creating this culture of people that just are fucking mindless trolls that will buy into whatever the fuck that company does. And guess what? It costs you 50 bucks extra in the UK on uh, PlayStation five. It costs you $10 extra on your games. Um, and a lot of PSVR one is not compatible. Uh, games are not compatible with PSVR two. Uh, but they're going to remake the game. You can't use you, your so. <laughs> controllers on the PS five. I mean, I have a PlayStation and these things affect me too. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like, we say this stuff because, like, it's just, hey, we want to hate on PlayStation. This is consumer shit, right? It's consumer stuff, right? And I don't like the fact that they talk out of one side of their mouth while doing another, you know? And yeah. Uh, yeah, Most of those that, that complain about Game Pass, though, are they really subscribing to Game Pass, though? No. I, I, I have Maybe. my doubts on that just for the fact that it's like you can't deny. They, they sign up when there's a the big game out like Halo. They'll probably sign up for a dollar and to play it on their PC or whatever. <laughs> Mav, Mav, let me address something in the chat here real quick. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nichols, um, I've been seeing your comments. Why is Sony number one? Because they do have the mind share. You're absolutely correct. But I don't know what your history is with gaming, Mr. Nichols. I don't, I don't know how far back you go. I don't know how much of the history of gaming that you understand or know. Uh, popularity is fleeting when you make mistakes and when you screw up and when competition comes along. PlayStation 2 was by far the best-selling console ever, okay? PlayStation, Sony was riding a huge wave of success. They were the most popular console on the face of the planet at that point in time. Uh, they fumbled the ball with the PlayStation 3. Xbox 360 took over that mindshare for most of that generation. PS3 eventually caught up due to the fact that it was the cheapest Blu-ray market player on the market at that time. A lot Xbox of people was bought having it issues that. at the time too. Xbox was having huge issues. PlayStation mm-hmm. 3 had some good games come out. So Sony rightfully went into the PlayStation 4 generation on an upswing. And Microsoft did have a lot of mind share at that point. And what did Microsoft do? Microsoft fumbled the ball out the gate, right? On the Xbox One generation, Sony took full advantage as a business competitor, absolutely 100% should. They tried to bury Xbox, and they did a great job with it. They grabbed that mindshare back, especially over in Europe. They dominated in Europe, and obviously they're going to dominate in the East, where Microsoft has never been able to get a foothold. But again, popularity comes and goes uh, at the end of the day. And you talk about Spider-Man being the most popular. Listen, if Spider-Man is the most popular, which I don't disagree with from a character standpoint, um, they still only sold, what, 30 million Spider-Man copies? There's 100 and... What is it, 30, 40 million Sony PlayStation 4s out there? Why didn't Spider-Man sell 100 million copies? Not everybody plays the same games. Not everybody's looking for that certain genre that, that, that Sony has become masters in, both in the superhero genre and in the third-person, over-the-shoulder, narrative-driven game. 
They're wildly popular, but they don't sell one for one on their consoles. Xbox has the potential right now, and you can see it in the numbers. If you go look at the numbers, especially in the United States, they are taking back Mindshare. Now they're gaining a little bit of ground in Europe. Yes, they're still getting outsold, of course. Sony rightfully has the number one spot. Microsoft is now changing the game. That's why they're investing all this money. So to think, sit there and think just because right now Sony is number one, that that continues forward with all the stuff that Microsoft is doing and what Xbox is putting out there as far as Game Pass goes, as far as value goes, eventually that's going to start catching up. And you're seeing more people start to talk about the little stuff that Sony's doing with like $70 games, like increasing their prices on all their consoles worldwide, except for obviously here in America. And that we're does, putting, saying we're saving money. It's like, right. That it's, taking a, it's taking a toll on Sony at this point. So to think that just because Sony's number one now doesn't mean that Microsoft can't flip it, that's wrong. So you got to be careful with that stuff. Again, I don't know your history of the video game industry, but we've seen this time and time again. Sega was ki- Sega was at least sharing the kingdom with Nintendo at one point, 50-50, okay? If not a little bit more popular. Guess what? Sega got out of the console business because they made some mistakes. Sony is no different than anybody else. Nintendo making fucked up mistakes. too with the Wii U. <laughs> yep, with the Wii U. Exactly. Wii U tripped up Nintendo. So again, Microsoft is doing what they're doing. It is... It takes time to overcome a lot of what they destroyed last generation. Yeah. It takes time to win people back, but that's what they're doing with all these moves. So again, by the end of this generation, it may not be that they outsold Sony console-wise, but if Game Pass reaches 70, 80 million people by the end of this generation, you can, you can say that, that Microsoft and Xbox won this generation. Okay, The old ways of counting this whole competition thing are thrown out the window at this point. Now we're in a whole new playing field. We're in a whole new game, uh, this generation and going forward. And that's what makes the difference here. Yeah. If you have all these games start dropping, which is going to be the driver of success, right? For game pass. Ultimately the fact that they've been gaining in market share, which is a big deal, right? Like people like, when you look at the NPDs and all that kind of stuff, right? It's people are like, oh, Sony's winning this week, right? Xbox is winning this week. Hell yeah, we Xbox fucking got to win this week. I think, yeah. Regardless, right? Like the ultimate thing is this generation, Xbox in just the console market and just hardware has been gaining market share, right? That's something that didn't happen last year. They were losing market share. Time and time again, and they didn't start gaining any really until the Xbox One X came out, and they maybe had a slight movement there. But this generation, they've been gaining market share ever since launch, and that's transcended because of Game Pass, right? Because of the value and the Series S, the three hundred dollar option that's out there. Uh, we realize how many damn people have Series S's the last couple of days because <laughs> the Call of Duty issues that have been going on with the with the beta. And people in the chat are like, I got Series S. My Call of Duty beta is not working. We're like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, this, I guess a lot of people have Series S. It's like they've been gaining a lot of market share. And where you had a two-to-one last generation in the U.S. and just consoles, it's like 50-50 almost right now in the U.S., right? That's the biggest market. That's what, the past biggest market. What, their 360 expectations or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, they're well past. Yeah, well past the 360 expectations, which was their highest-selling console uh and back then guess what in the in the u.s actually the 360 i think was like on a slight edge over the ps3 and globally 
uh, the PS3 was higher, right? But it wasn't a big gap in the PS3 and 360. And for a long time, 360 was like way up. And it wasn't until end of that generation that it really start, start to see that big swing. Um, PS4 killed the fucking Xbox. Xbox lost their way, right? But the, overly, what people care about is two things. They want quality and they want value, right? And if you can provide both, then you're going to get people, right? And they are already gaining that with arguably not the amount of value that they are going to be bringing, right? They, and they also have been lacking with some of the quality, right, as well, because of the lack of content. Because I, I, I think content and service is part of the quality aspect of what you're looking forward to that. And if you're not, like, well, Halo Infinite launched high-quality gameplay, great game, but then you're lacking on the content flow, right? Um, but you're getting more than just one game, and people see mis- read that oh people ain't gonna sign up for game passes for halo you know what i mean no they're gonna sign for fucking game pass because you got 400 500 games in there and it's just maybe that one game is what got i'm interested in the first place right so overall this is something that builds upon itself every year right because guess what xbox first party games do not leave the service and a lot of these games get supported for a really long time so when you have halo fable gears forza Elder Scrolls, Starfield, Diablo, Call of Duty, fuck, uh, Fable, and uh, like, uh, okay, here, I'll look at this list. Grounded, Avowed, uh, Hellblade 2, Perfect Dark, uh, Deathloop, Redfall, uh, yes, Sea of Thieves is already there, uh, right? Forza Horizon, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, Over <laughs> Overwatch, eventually it will be, you'll probably get some kind of perks with that. Uh, the new new Blizzard game that was announced, the survival game, Indiana Jones, is coming. I mean, holy shit, right? At, Contraband, uh, did I already say that? State of Decay 3, Everwild. I mean, <laughs> uh, do you want me to keep going? Uh, In Exile's game, Compulsion's game, uh, Double Fine's projects that they're going to be doing. Guess what? Uh, Gear 6, uh, it just continues and continues. Coalition's other game. Guess what? You don't have to pay $70 for those games. And they're still focusing on the quality aspect on those projects. The new Minecraft right? game, you can get Minecraft? it free on Xbox. You don't have to pay for it. You got to pay for it on PlayStation. Minecraft alone, for a lot of people, is worth a subscription price just to play with that and get, you know, like you, you get into that and the game and keep keep going and all the other games. And there's so many different things for so many different people. So value speaks for itself. And that's how they're gaining market share already with what they have. All those games I just announced and just talked about, plus a lot more. There's like 50. Um, once those drop and they keep dropping and con- continuously every two, three months, which is their goal, that other narrative is dead. People won't be able to say that anymore about, well, you know, Xbox doesn't have this or Xbox doesn't have that. It, it'll be like, well, what's my excuse? Uh, I want to be phys- I want to only buy physical co- copies. It's the only other thing I can think of, right? At that point, other, other than maybe they don't have the franchises I like. But if they I don't have PlayStation selling you a fucking disc drive, <laughs> like all of these different things, if you can't find a way into that ecosystem for a low price like that, then like I I don't understand like the metric of success has changed so much, and um where the services and, and revenue of all these subscriptions just adds, that's the metric of their success. Now the consoles are secondary and the consoles are still 
gaining market share in and of themselves. PlayStation is already feeling this. Do you think PlayStation likes losing their two to one lead in the US? Do you think PlayStation feels like they're doing well when they lose their market share in the US? I don't I don't think so. And you've seen that they're forty five percent down year to date. Sony is. Well, they must last like week, if they keep making bad decisions. Last week we talked about it forty percent. Now they're forty five percent down year to date on what their value is to an investor. Right. This is takes time for these games to drop. Once this flow happens, guess what? Like the, all the narratives are dead, and uh, people will move the goal goalpost. PlayStation will be focusing more on their subscriptions and putting more value into it. Uh, you're going to see more investments in that in that regard as well, and then you're going to have a true arms race at that point. But right now, Microsoft is ahead of the game on this, and um, it's 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 too late to really stop that train, right? Because even without Activision Blizzard, it's, it's still checkmate right now. That's too just late, the truth. To apologize, too late to turn around. Yeah. <laughs> Too late to apologize. Uh, John TJ at the Trailer Super Chat says, Hi, guys. Hi, John TJ. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, dude. You think about all this stuff. And um, it's, I get PlayStation's popular. But it, it doesn't damn matter, right? Because guess what? Like, you know what? Like, Adidas was the number one brand, Nike is the number one brand, Champion is the number one brand. Champion was never the number one brand. <laughs> Whatever. Persuasion. It's coming back now. A, time. <laughs> um, a Reebok. You know, it doesn't matter what the hell is popular at any one time. Stuff comes up and fl- up, up and down, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's happened time and time and generation. There was a time when the Sega uh, Sega Genesis had the street cred, right? Look at Sega now. Yeah. There's, there's right? a time when Sony dominated the electronics market. Yeah. There was oh, a time TVs when the TV like, was the best <laughs> thing on the planet. Right. right, got a Sony TV right there because I still I <laughs> yeah. got a good deal. Trinit- on it, but... Trinitrons were the freaking. Yeah, you had to have a Trinitron. Trinitron. Mm-hmm. Oh, this flat because they were the yeah. they were the yep. they were the uh, CRT TVs that had yep. the fucking flat screen on it. Still, you know yep. what I mean? It looked great. We had a Trinitron. My my brother had it first, and I stole it from him eventually. Um, <laughs> man, those are great TVs, dude. Guess what? LG and so and Samsung got the TV market now, right? Yeah. Like. Things Sony change. Walkman, then you got Apple come along and make iPods. Yep. So. yep. yep. <laughs> Things change. Things change. And they always do, and they always will, right? Um, Remember Blockbuster? Yeah. <laughs> Walden so. Books? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the Sony Wega. Yeah. <laughs> Jason says you got to call Cap on that champion comment. Champion is like ridiculously expensive all of a sudden and really popular now. They, yeah. All the kids love Champion now. The resale, the resale, because the Kardashians start wearing it. Uh, is that why? I, I don't know. Yeah. It's like they they started wearing it a couple years ago, and then all the influencers on Instagram and shit start wearing it. So I thought that it. was all that Supreme bullshit. They always... Supreme was for a while, but then Champion came back around. So me and the wife, because we used to resell, when Champion hit, we you could go to Goodwill and pick up Champion for shit. Because nobody <laughs> knew and turn around and sell it for big bank. So yeah, yeah all the champion became the trendy be product in the nineties when I was going to high school. That yeah. that was like the sweatshirt and yeah. the jacket was a starter jacket. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm waiting for. You know what I'm waiting for, Fuzz and Mav. You'll remember too the college sweatshirt sweatshirts to come back. Remember when you had to have the college? Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember they had like all the colleges mm-hmm. and that's all yeah. you saw everywhere and mm-hmm. you, that's what you were wore. Oh God, man, I still got wait. some of those. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's crazy guys i mean we're in this different era now gaming so we're gonna see what happens ultimately time will tell um i think xbox kind of already has that value market proposition to kind of secure there's place mm-hmm. in gaming now it's just they got to get the damn games out um but other than that it's it's been real guys great conversation um pong soul uh mm-hmm. let's get everybody out of here uh, where can everybody yeah. find you yeah what a great night brothers this was awesome talking the talk having some fun uh listen get a little spirited there's nothing wrong with that these are passionate topics and we got a lot going on these days in the gaming industry that's why we're all here chat you all were amazing Chat's been moving all night long. Great comments yeah. in there. Uh, again, all of our regulars saw some new people in there as well tonight. Uh, appreciate you all dropping by um, and uh, taking the time to listen to us tonight. So, um, listen, you can find me Pong Soul on Xbox, Pong Soul on Twitter. You know that drill. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, everybody, three plus hours with my brother from another steel rain on living split screen 10 a.m eastern nine o'clock central time 3 p.m bst time set those alarms before you go to bed set them right now so you get that reminder pop up tomorrow morning we will be live raw and uncut as always you know it's going to be another passionate conversation when steel and i get rocking and rolling so be there tomorrow morning tomorrow night it is of course the shop podcast over on ptk blam's channel of course ptk is going to be there because he's the man and then we got of course fuzzy right here he's going to also be there and it's going to be my myself and do we have fuzzy do we have a guest tomorrow i don't remember i don't i don't think we do i don't i don't think we do i think it's gonna be us three rocking and rolling which means there probably will be extra time where ptk lets you guys take over the show throw in some questions throw in a topic that you want us to talk about so drop in there 9 p.m eastern eight o'clock central time xbox factor podcast ever to every tuesday whether i'm there or not mr boomstick double barrel gaming is the channel all good things green every tuesday 12 p.m eastern 11 o'clock central time and then of course thursdays it is p.m in the p.m pong and mav in the p.m we will probably be back to a two-man team this week we've had three weeks in a row of guests we had psychonauts of course we had dealer and then last night we had jez so if you haven't checked any of those out go check them out great conversations but it'll be me and mav Thursday night, p.m. in the p.m., 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. We'll be back at a normal time this week, or should be, unless something pops up, which between Mav and I, we never know. But we should be there this week, so do that. Otherwise, it's the golden age of gaming. Golden age of gaming. Gamers, listen up. It's the best time ever to be gaming. Get out there, play what you love, love what you play, have a fantastic weekend. I'm going to talk to you all real soon. Thank you, Pong. Insipid Ghost is your guest on the show. Oh, Insipid's joining oh, us? Oh, nice. well, thank you for chatting. I didn't know, not know that. Okay, well, Insipid Ghost is going to be there, which is going to be fantastic, man. Luke yeah. brings a ton of knowledge. Luke has great guests on. He's been on a roll yeah. with guests and everything else, so I uh, can't wait to talk that, to him. That's a, it, I'm a little jealous of Luke because he he did what I was started out trying to do, right? right. Like He started a one-man show, yep. right? And he has yep. Xbox Expansion Pass. And he is a fantastic one-man host. But he does have yes, he excellent interviews and guests on his show. He yep. uh, runs a really professional, fantastic podcast. And he's probably... I, I would have to say, honestly, like I, I know I'm kind of going on a tangent, but uh, Luke is one of the most <laughs> talented podcasters out there, just individually. Um, and on YouTube, he doesn't get a lot of views on YouTube, but his his on, um, on audio, his show is huge, right? Um, so I... 
recommend everybody check out Xbox Expansion Pass on YouTube. Also, also on uh, audio platforms as well, especially for amazing interviews like uh, he had. Uh, what's the guy, the voice actor from Halo on there? He had uh, Seamus Blackley on as well. Yeah, and, his interview with Seamus went viral, too. Yeah, a lot of, it just a lot of good stuff. A, out of a, Excellent yeah. stuff. And he's a good yeah. guy, too. I need we need to get him back on the show sometime. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to him. Um, Fuzzy Belvedere, the Yahweh's Fuzzy One. Um, appreciate you being here as always, dude, and everything you do for us and this channel. Uh, where can everybody find you? Uh, just thank you for having me. It was awesome being on here with you guys and everybody that came out to watch us live and those that will catch us you now and replay later. Um, for those that just want to hear my rambling on anything gaming related, just follow me on Twitter at fuzzy underscore Belvedere. Like Pong said, Catch us on the Shop Podcast, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow with uh, Insipid Ghosts, uh, as well as on Monday. You can find me on Double Barrel Gaming, uh, Mr. Boomstick's channel with the lunch break. Um, uh, yeah, I'm new sorry. show. New yeah, show, huh, Fuzz? Break special, yeah. Yeah. So uh, me, Web Dave, and Mr. Boomstick just going over some recent topics and stuff. And then you can catch that at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then later on that day, FSP, 10 p.m. Eastern, well, yeah, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on this channel with uh, uh, Mav, with Lore, Master Jasper, with 3-Bit. And basically, we just go over, you know, most recent stuff in the news on on gaming and, and you know, the upcoming games for the week. And then you can also find me on Breakfast with Boom, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday morning. Uh, also on Double Barrel Gaming's channel or Mr. Boomstick's channel. And then right back here on uh, Xbox Ultimate with these guys at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Can't wait. Right on, bro. I appreciate you as always as well, Fuzz. Hey, and the Lord Master himself, Jasper Gaming. Where can everybody find your sweaty-ass Call of Duty gameplay? <laughs> Uh, you can check out my sweaty ass Call of Duty gameplay. On, uh... Yeah, make sure you add Call of Duty gameplay, not just checking out your sweaty ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord Master Jasper on YouTube, Lord Jasper on Twitter. Uh, it's pretty much where I'm at. Find me there. And then just FSP, like Fuzzy's saying, on Monday nights, 10 o'clock here, and Xbox Ultimate Friday nights, 9 o'clock here, Eastern Time. That's where I'm at. Check that out. And be on the lookout for his OnlyFans, where you can get his real sweaty ass. Yes. <laughs> do they allow guys on OnlyFans? Yes, they do. Um, well, you thinking about I'm it, Jasper? It no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll just go to Twitch for that. Why? Follow well, me from um... Call of Duty to OnlyFans. No, um, I think uh, Jasper. You, I, I was uh, I was talking to Kate, and I was telling her that I think what you need to do on your channel. Because I'm I'm always thinking about other people's channels and what they should do for some damn reason. Because I think like you're uh, so fucking good at Call of Duty, it's ridiculous that you should have I'm like average, a average bro. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> you need to have like a bunch of montage gameplay clips with music and stuff. You know. So, oh, so you want me to go back to 2007? No. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> Put some like awesome like montages with like music and and like clips and stuff. Put them together. Um, and record them at really high quality and put them put them on your channel because people need to see how damn good you are. Because like the, the thing is with that, like I thought about doing that before, but like I never record my clips. Like I'll do like something amazing, but I just feel like I do it all the time, so I never record it. <laughs> like I, I know it sounds a little bracky, whatever, but like hitting like a quad feed or whatever, I just feel like that's kind of normal for me, so I don't record it. 
It's like no, just everyone post it. no, no, po- <laughs> just post that shit. Everything. Just record, just record everything, and then take your stream or like your recording of your PlayStation and go back out, yeah. and look at your kills and your like moments where you had like kill streaks and stuff, and clip those right, and then put them in a montage and put them put some killer ass music to it and and stuff. And uh, dude, like I fucking like that's you put that on uh, YouTube Shorts. You can put that on TikTok and stuff. It'll fucking I, I think it'll blow up because people don't realize how damn good you are, bro. You got we were playing the beta yesterday. This dude had forty one kills. I had mm-hmm. I had like three. I think that the most other on our team had was like eight, maybe <laughs> six, seven. This dude had forty one kills. The entire other team had forty one kills. Jasper. Scored the same amount as the entire other team in a game where most of us were struggling. That was insane. Anyway, I'm just okay. average. It's not that good, bro. I don't know. It's a different league from me <laughs> for damn sure. Uh, I did start to find my groove last night after after Pong got disconnected. I found my gun. So I mean, I can't wait to dive in tonight. But everybody, hey, I can't wait for you to switch around. <laughs> I will probably. Uh, uh, I may be streaming some COD tonight as well, guys. But uh, other than that, uh, tune in back on Mondays for Fun Speculation Podcast at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Thursdays, p.m. in the p.m., 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, game streams, co-streams, reaction stuff. We try and do as much as we can and appreciate everybody in the chat. You guys freaking rock. Have a good one. Bye. Later. Bye. 